Welcome to The Action Shelf, the podcast that celebrates the glory of B-Action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman, this week. This week, this is the this is the oddity of the show, right? Like, uh, yeah. we're looking for B-Action movies, and I feel like this is the one where we've really reached to we, the bottom of yeah. the barrel. Like not even bottom of the barrel, but like the most obscure we we dug into the deepest pit to find this, you know. This is like I don't even like know a, how I it's came a relic across this movie. Yeah, it had to be. We like might an... be the first. We might be the first people who have ever watched this movie. I, like, there's a distinct possibility. I was watching this last night, thinking, <laughs> "Is this just Lisman and I who have watched this? Is this? Are we the? Because, like, so we we're, we're watching 1992 Shadow Force, um, yeah. I, and. This is a movie that, for all intents and purposes, basically doesn't exist, as far as I can tell. It's certainly a relic. Of yeah, some sort. it it exists. Yeah. There's it's on YouTube. Anyone can go and watch it in in truly atrocious quality, um, really hey, bad quality. Oh I've totally forgot to check YouTube and see how many views this video. It's has close to eight hundred views. Okay. Yeah. So so there okay. are at least like. 790 some odd people who have seen it other than us yeah uh, approximately yeah uh, but that's still you you think in the the vastness of the internet yeah that's basically zero people <laughs> yeah um, that's statistically nothing uh, i'm assuming that in seven days uh you and i are gonna both receive a phone call <laughs> Uh, which is telling us that we are about to die. I had that thought um, watching it. It did feel like this. I mean, in some ways, that was that was exciting for like a very short period of time for me. Though it was like, oh man, we've discovered a relic. The fact that it's in shit quality even adds to the relic nature of it. Um, it it's another layer of defense against people watching it. Yes, it's truly like you said. It was atrocious. It this is truly it was very difficult to even determine what was happening at times um, yeah yeah and times. especially especially i had a a real hard time recognizing individual characters uh in mm -hmm. this quality mm -hmm. early on as people started to die it became easier down the stretch and i sort of know <laughs> i sort of knew the core five characters by the end of it by their shapes yeah uh yeah. and and, and <laughs> general I, head shapes i've also learned that no matter the quality i can always spot dirk benedict i i was one because i uh the first five or ten minutes he's not in the movie right and I kept being like is that him no no that's not him but when is he comes him? on there is no so. doubt it is dirk benedict of the eight i mean i can recognize i can recognize that hair shape anywhere oh yeah because <laughs> this is a few years after the 18 but he is still a hundred percent face man in this movie right 
Oh yes. Like the yes, performances, it's it's sort of thing where you're going like, I don't, I haven't. The only two things I've ever I can ever remember seeing Dirk Benedict in are the A Team and Battlestar Galactica, because uh, of right. course a lot of people also know him and have much nostalgia for him as Starbuck on the original Battlestar Galactica. Uh, yeah. And uh, Dirk Benedict had some thoughts about a lady playing Starbuck in the reboot and. Uh, <laughs> Dirk Benedict's kind of an asshole in real life. Um, oh, well, that's <laughs> somehow not surprising. No, it's one of those things where you go like, "Oh, that guy's a dick." Yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that. But uh, uh, so yeah, but this is the same performance I've seen him give in everything, basically. Like, uh-huh. the, like it's just, uh-huh. just oh, it's just Face Man as a cop. Even and then when they go into his Vietnam backstory, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Well, he's like, uh, they mentioned that he flew choppers. I'm like, you didn't fly choppers. That was Murdoch who did that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did think that's it. He's a, I, I just wanted to, you know, he was in Nam as a master of disguise, right? Uh- <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Shadow Force. Oh, uh, I mean, literally, you look at this movie and... Uh, like, like uh, as always, I did my due diligence to find to to find whatever I could uh, mm. about it, and the this movie just once again it, it just pretty much doesn't exist. Most of the actors in it aren't real like actors. I mean, there are some actors that, but like, there's some. There's a lot of just like locals from Texas in this movie. Where they shot it, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, aside from like the main four or five parts. Uh, the guy who plays the villain in this movie, the I mean, well, not the main, but like the the mob boss is one of the worst actors I've ever seen in anything. He's terrible. <laughs> like he is truly atrocious. Truly. Yeah, that yes. guy. I couldn't. Uh, it, I couldn't believe how it's, bad it's, he it's was. a classic. It's a classic example of this man has never been on camera before in his life. Well, what if I told you, Lisman, that based on IMDb, he had never been on camera before in his life, and he's never acted in anything since. <laughs> I would believe that. <laughs> don't have any trouble. Don't that. have any trouble believing that because yeah, that's the. This is his lone credit on IMDb. Is this movie? Uh, Do you think this movie was used as like a cover to like um, import drugs into the country? I, 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 honestly, it does have that kind of vibe to it. Um, because I'm also looking at like who's involved, right? You know, because I'm always interested in who the directors on these things are. And looking up the director of this movie further adds to the strangeness of it, right? <laughs> Ken Lampkin directed this. This is the only film he directed, but he's a yeah. very well-respected television, specifically three-camera sitcom cinematographer. This is this guy okay. shot every episode of Frasier. Oh, I mean, like, re- okay. I mean, we're talking top of the line sitcom oh. cinematographer. And this is his lone directorial effort. I mean, he, d- I... he worked on Wings and Silver Spoons okay. and News Radio, Drew Carey Show. And then, yeah, landed, That's... spent the majority of his career on 262 episodes of Frasier. That's surprising based on, like, <laughs> what I could see and based on, like, how absent this movie is from, you know, reality. Like, well, that, I, the, that is a little shocking. The, the thing about it, I would say, though, that kind of makes sense to me is the movie did, from what I could tell, once again, we have every caveat of we watched it in very, very poor quality. I even tried, right. uh, <laughs> at one point I tried watching it on my phone instead of my TV to see if I if I shrunk the screen. Now, it still was just as, because I'm going like, terrible. well, maybe if I maybe because I'm blowing up to it to this big screen, that's why. It, no, it's still, it's just 
there there's just not enough pixels in this VHS transfer. Um, I I get the impression that if we were to watch a uh, upresed, you know, clear quality uh, version of this movie, um, a dark eldritch secret would be unleashed <laughs> upon our brains. The the world night. can't handle this movie in its full. You know, <laughs> no one's working on a. It's dangerous to work on a uh, 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 like a four K <laughs> restoration of this. It tried many times, but uh, everybody who has attempted has disappeared mysteriously. Well, here's okay, uh, th- th- and it keeps getting stranger to me uh, because uh, did you notice what the YouTube channel we watched it on was? No, this I was did the not. Austin, Texas VHS archive. So this is literally oh. just a local archive of tapes that have been uploaded to, and if you look at everything else, it's like local programming and stuff. Okay. I have a new hobby now, John. I need to go through every single video on this. On the Austin, uh, Texas YouTube. VHS yeah. archive? Yeah, it's yeah, really... There has, to, there has to be a dark secret tuck, tucked away somewhere, you know? And then, did you... I mean, certainly when you started the video, you saw a trailer for the movie you were about to watch? And note, yes. note that it said for preview purposes only throughout the movie? I did see that. So this yeah. was... The, 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 when I worked, because I used to work at a video store, you remember I worked at Blockbuster, and we would did, get yeah. these, which is they would send a copy of the movie to management to go take a look at it and see how many you want to order. And they mm-hmm. were like this. Now, when I was working, it was DVDs. Still ancient, because I'm still an old man, just not VHS right. old. Uh, right. But in that sense, and so I would just fucking take these. Because once yeah. management had watched them, or even if they didn't or whatever, they'd just like throw them out on a counter. So I had a bunch of these movies where I was just like, well, shit, I'll take it. Um, yeah, and uh, and so that was so interesting. We're like, even the the further addition of this thing not existing is we weren't even watching a consumer copy of it. We were watching a preview copy of it that it was coming to tape. Well, then that makes me <laughs> that leads me to believe that somebody who was probably involved somehow, yes, was like, I mean, this should be somewhere on the internet, think, and then yeah. they posted it because. Maybe it was recalled at some point, you know, <laughs> or like, like something stopped it from actual an actual release. I, it's it's very strange. We watch a lot of very small movies that nobody's seen, but this, this one, is it's next level. It you know? really it is. is. We're never gonna yeah. come across anything like this. I mean, and literally, like so. the comments on YouTube are just like, "Hey, I was an extra in this," or <laughs> "My acting teacher was in this." You know, we we're like, because you know, it's it, this get a new acting teacher. <laughs> uh, the, 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 by the way, the acting teacher was the assassin from the beginning of the movie who shoots the guy in the taxi cab. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so that you know, I mean, it's a small part, right? But so this movie was shot on location in San Antonio, Texas, and clearly used a lot of local people. I mean, that adds to the thing as well when you talk about, is this some sort of money laundering scheme or whatever? Is like, <laughs> it does feel like, this This doesn't even feel like it was a union movie, probably. Like, it was just... No, they I just were was. putting anyone who was around in it. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, Dirk Benedict. <laughs> yeah. I, no how info did, how about him. get in this? Yeah. I was just about to say, yeah. No info on a budget or anything. This is not yeah. the only Dirk Benedict VHS action movie from this era, uh, I will say. He seemed to be bouncing around to a lot of these post-A-team. Uh, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. We may, we may circle back to Dirk Benedict uh, to, to ones that are more 
real movie. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> like if we don't, we gotta watch We're Blue watchable. Tornado, which is some kind of shitty uh, Top Gun knockoff he did. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, but uh, but no, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you get Dirk Benedict involved in this. There's a couple of real actors in this: Dirk Benedict, Lance Legault, who plays the evil police chief in this, and you can, you can I tell. Figured he was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lance Legault was like, of, and still is, I believe. I think he's still alive. Uh, oh wow. Oh no, no, he did die. Never mind. Um, but uh, but like you know, this is a guy who was in like Stripes. And, uh, you know, I mean, a, a, a well-respected character actor who moved between quality and low-quality stuff. And then the biggest yeah. one for me is Bob Hastings, who plays the crooked mayor in this. Oh, Bob right. Hastings was the voice of Commissioner Gordon on Batman the Animated Series. Oh, oh God. In fact, this is oh. his last on-screen appearance because That's 1992 was also when Batman really the Animated bad. Series started, and he switched totally to voiceover work for the rest of his career. He lived a oh, lot okay. longer okay. after that. He didn't die. Okay, okay. He just went <laughs> exclusively into voice acting for many years after this. God. Now, part of me wants to go back and rewatch it again just with that context, yeah. not the whole thing. But, no, yeah, yeah. Um, just the, I, I, the I couple scenes that, he's but... in. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. and he, he I, I mean, if you look at his career, he does the voice of Commissioner Gordon across everything following this basically which is, which is great yeah every video game every cartoon he just became commissioner gordon and i'm sure that was that, enough to was he in the arkham games no he had died by that point but he was oh, okay, in okay uh he was in any animated series related game that came out so stuff okay. like uh do you remember, remember Ra being a few. rise of sinzu and uh yeah. batman vengeance uh oh, adventures boy. of batman and robin which i definitely had for the sega genesis there's a lot there's a long long history of bad batman video games there were yeah um, i mean Ar that was the thing with arkham when those arkham games it was like holy shit it's a good batman game i can't believe it <laughs> yeah i mean this everybody is, was flabbergasted this is time, how much yeah. of a batman fan i am i didn't have Th that generation of console at that point and i went out and bought an xbox 360 <laughs> specifically because of batman arkham asylum i'm like well okay well it's you've sold me still honestly it's still one of the one of my favorite video games of all time unquestionably so yeah I, I can't blame you there no yeah. and i was just like well because i was like you know i'd been debating it and stuff like that but the cost whatever and then finally it was like yeah. well there's a great batman game for it done it's this got needs... Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. I mean, that's oh, the thing. Okay. It did feel like the grown-up version of the animated series. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it so really let's... Did. Oh, I got. I didn't look who wrote this movie. I, I said I did. Oh, yes. By the way, the, uh, an amazing name of writer, Wayne Wynn. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Of course. This is his only writing credit ever. Ooh. No surprise. I, I half expected the writing or directing or something to be a holdover from the a-team because mm. this episode does feel a lot like a long episode of the a-team it just without the other cast no it, it, it honestly if you just told me this was face man goes to this yeah. town on his own because his brother-in-law got murdered i'd yeah. be like yeah because yeah. once again, Dirk Benedict is doing nothing to differentiate this character from nope. Templeton face man peck uh struggling to remember his first name yeah yeah dumpleton beck yeah. yeah uh yeah. uh and once again we we one of the reasons we wanted to do this is you and i are both huge a-team fans so uh um, yeah and it i yeah. mean look i don't dirk benedict is 
is doing his thing. He's a, he's a good actor. I mean, he's just being Dirk Benedict, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but that works compared to so yeah. like the 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 real actors in this movie are him, the the main woman, the reporter, Lance mm-hmm. Legault, who was the chief, and the mayor, kind of the people who actually had like ongoing careers. Other people right. to varying degrees. Uh, up to and including though like people who were in nothing ever other than this so i will say this movie does have one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite lines uh, oh i wonder if it's the, if it's the same as mine which is i which, think which, which I, I think, think which i think may be the worst line ever uttered in yep. a film possibly yeah, like, yeah i think we it's might in the deb- it's in the debate the for the worst just worded line <laughs> in film history all right let's uh let's dive into this film uh there's not much film here also this thing clocks in blissfully under 90 minutes i mean that is the best thing about this movie this for sure i think without the trailer at the start of this thing to make the youtube video longer this thing clocks in under 80 minutes i think so yeah (laughs) this is like a 78 minute movie and I will say this about this movie, unlike Future Kick, which is shorter than this movie, this movie does, it does feel pretty tight. Like Yes, uh, I, I think that the thing that made it hard to watch was the quality. The movie yes. itself is actually, to a negative degree, is so <laughs> slight. Like, it, this, this movie is, is in such a rush to end. Yes, <laughs> yes. we can't wait to be over um, and i i loved that about this I d- film. that I, is because i was i, I, had, I was gleefully anticipating the end of this movie yeah i had to i had to watch it in two pieces not because of boredom but because of just like eye strain from how bad the quality was because i really had yeah. to like zero in on this thing like i really i had to pay i had to focus on this harder than i've ever had to focus on one of these movies just to get through how shitty the quality was like even still frames like shift and move and undulate and really unnatural and hard to like yeah. observe ways. Yeah. Is it, it's well, cause it's not very, just, very it's not just like I've watched stuff that are VHS dubs on YouTube, but like yeah. they're still at a basic standard definition quality. This is below standard def. This is like 240. Yes. I think something like that is what I was looking at the, like that, yeah. where you're going like okay so it doesn't even have enough pixels to be an old television you know like we couldn't even there's definition. no I mean we couldn't adjust the video at all no like, I tried no, I went into the settings to see it and I was yeah. like oh I'm at the highest quality <laughs> what's the lowest quality look like maybe that's how that's we the thing. The you could, it could go it could go down from there there were there were lower options I'm like oh my god is that just not? It's just noise on screen. Like it's just a tracking. Is there just another movie that's playing? <laughs> you know. Um. So this starts with standard sort of crime movie shots of the city that immediately, because mm-hmm. it's 1992 and it's a VHS movie, transitions to a guy just banging a lady. But yeah, but not like the the thrusting is so slow and like. Mm, mm, mm. Is that is that? And then there was a, a sequence where he was on top of her, mm-hmm. and you could see both of their faces. Yeah. And the way that he was emulating the motion was just nodding his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> his body totally still, but his head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and you know that it's very essential because there's a candle in the foreground. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's, it's the, very erotic. Everything about the way this is framed is so, like, cable TV. Not, not like Skinamax, but, like, USA late at night yes. crime movies where there's no nudity yes. or anything, but it's all just, like, mm, the concept there of sensuality. Might have been. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, I, actually, I can't. I couldn't tell. There was a part where I thought I saw a nipple, but, like... But also, it's who knows? Hard, it's hard to tell. Yeah, <laughs> there were yeah. pixels bouncing all over the place here. I don't know what I saw. Yeah, uh, and I was like, "Oh, is is this Dirk Benedict? Is this how he's?" Well, I know? mean, based on his uh, character from A Team, I thought, well, starting with him doing a lady would fit. Yeah, he was yeah. the ladies' man of that team. And the way that I found out it wasn't him was that he died. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah. probably not him. I guess that's not Dirk Benedict. <laughs> Uh, yeah. This guy, they do say, because uh, then he's getting dressed in the morning, and she says something about, uh, well, ever since you, it, the dialogue in this movie, once again, it's just, it, this movie has no interest. It's just moving along because it's like, well, Mr. Assistant District Attorney, are you ready to, you know, whatever, go to. So this we go, okay, this guy's a district attorney. He's a prosecutor of some uh -huh. sort, and he's got to get mm -hmm. back to, he's in San Antonio, but he's got to get back mm -hmm. to this town that will come to which i've forgotten the name of already he's yeah i don't i don't remember so he's originally from this town yes he's a prosecutor in in this no wait is he because the the assassins from this town i don't know where this guy needs yes. to get back to maybe he is a federal prosecutor then in san antonio i can't you know what he's a prosecutor Did, this guy dying is meaningless the, yeah i was just about to say were you able to figure out what the plot I have was yes I think okay. so okay this is one we well this is I'm one we're gonna have to, to this is one we're gonna have to pull some threads on I think but I yeah. think I get the gist of the plot but this is just to establish that they assassinate people I don't think this guy actually plays into yes. the plot other than he goes down and gets in a cab and the cab driver turns around and shoots him in the head and yes so, and and and, uh. and and that's yeah and this was somebody's acting teacher from the San Antonio High School. Or from the, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> the that's guy, right. Okay, the guy, the, the YouTube comment is great because he goes, he used to show us this scene a lot in class. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. That is so sad. Yeah. That is so sad. I can't. Yeah. I, I, that is very uncomfortable. Yeah. Can you imagine an acting team like because uh, we we took acting classes sure. together? Can you imagine if one of them was just showing us their real? You know, <laughs> like this is what this is what acting is. Here's the one scene I was in in this shitty straight to video action movie from the '90s. Check it out. I bet if that guy's still teaching, I bet he's still showing the scene. Maybe this copy comes from him. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's the one who gave it to the. Uh, hey, uh, Texas Archive, check it out. Uh, I'm the I I'm, I'm I think I have the only copy in existence of Shadow Force. <laughs> Does that make it valuable? Is it is this worth money? I, you know that's oh, you know what's interesting. I did I in my search to try to find any copies of this movie out there. I did see mm -hmm. multiple people on eBay selling full like oh. 27 by 41 sheet posters for it. Because I think oh, wow. probably relics from video stores that got sent the promotional material for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you can you can absolutely. But here's the thing, and it, it, it's hard to find because you type in Shadow Force, there's a lot of stuff called Shadow Force. I saw a lot of Pokemon content. Yeah. Um. Oh, here you go. Okay. 
<laughs> well, Lisman, you can buy a VHS copy of this on eBay. Here's oh, okay. somebody selling it for okay. $8.79. $8.79 $8. for a VHS copy of Shadow Force. So <laughs> the answer is no, it's not worth anything. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so I guess there are a few, but it, here's, I, I'm fascinated by this. We, we take, mm. we, you know, we live in this world where the content is also accessible and even you and I still found a way to watch this, but yeah, there are a handful of movies that never made the jump from VHS to anything digital. It's true. They never, yeah. like this thing never saw DVD. It was not I worth it. This... Like it was not yeah. worth it to anyone to put this on DVD. Yeah, I think this happens with every form of art. It, yeah. And it happens with video games a lot. It happens with music. If when they stuff jump, isn't moved over, yeah. somebody makes the decision that, I mean, it's not like one person. No, no, but right. like society in general makes the decision. This is worth preserving. Yeah. This isn't. And then all of the stuff that isn't is just lost to time. Yeah. And it's it, almost I, as if it never existed. Listen, I guarantee strange. you this this episode of this show is maybe the only review that will ever exist of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel found, honored. John. I found I nothing to be a part of it. it. Really? Like this movie, yeah. for all to, it's ins I'm trying to figure out how I, I don't even remember how I came across this. I think it was just that, like an IMD. I think it was prop. Cause one of the things I do on this show is when we do a movie, I'll look on the IMDB. If you like this, check these out. I'm sure that's how I found this. Gotcha. Because it, it wouldn't be on a, a streaming service. Yeah, I'm pulling up Bruce. Yeah. Because I do that, too. Like, I'll go to Amazon now that we've watched enough movies on there. <laughs> My Amazon Prime Video account, by the way, it's, the algorithm is just for this show at this point. There's there's a lot of really great, like, legitimate yeah. uh, artistic content on Amazon Amazing. Prime. Amazing, yeah. And all I use that service <laughs> for is just watching is these. This. Yeah. And so it's just, like, all of them are lost. Yeah. Like, there, there are, like, movies that were... Like, uh, like, uh, was it uh, South by Southwest? Yeah. You know, entry this year and like, <laughs> yeah. critically acclaimed. Oh yeah. And it's just like, oh right, that's also the, on the Amazon Not Studios. Just Forty has... million Steven Seagal <laughs> movies that I every watched. single like my recommendation is mostly Seagal films. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and like, or or I watched Reacher or Jack Ryan or Bosch, and that just mm -hmm. rolls on in there because those are just Amazon shows that feel like action right, show exactly. movies. So. It just yeah. rolls along. By the way, if you have yeah. not watched Jack Reacher and you like this show, fucking watch Jack Reacher. Like it, it is. It seems very. It seems very uh, of the ilk. It's I like think, a good canon people. movie, is what I would. That's my yeah. review of 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 Reacher. It it feels like a canon yeah. movie if it was well made and well acted and like solidly written. Mm -hmm. That's Reacher, uh, but it right. still has all the right. fun of a canon movie and also the made now, so less problematic too. Oh yes, less misogyny yes. Uh, and homophobia, and you know. Well, that's good. Yeah, um, yeah it feels like a. Uh, I've heard it described as like a, a show for dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. a dad show. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's so, that. I'm in that. Much like category. a lot of these movies. Yeah, yeah. This is just dads yeah. in general. Not that. Yeah, that's where you move. It, that's yeah. why it's a little bit more successful. It's not just problematic divorced dads. They'll love it too. I'm, I am waiting for the Bruce Winning review because I feel like yeah, Bruce Winning course. would fucking yeah. love but. Reacher. Um, uh, okay. Um, should we? We should wreck. Hey, hey, Bruce. I yeah. know you're. Bruce, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I I, I mean, oh, I, I feel like. say, Bruce, I, I know he's not listening. Well, because I feel like we would have heard from uh, him. Yeah. If you are. 
Watch Reacher on Amazon. That's true. But, I mean, how, how, with his algorithm, yes. I can't believe it hasn't been recommended. Uh, you know, it, it, I, yeah. uh, there's lots of shooting and punching and kicking and chasing in it. So, uh, and the violence is very, very violent. So, uh, so yeah. So he gets shot. <laughs> then we go to you know it's Texas when we go to the big event is the high school football game, right? Like yeah. all of a sudden we're in Friday Night Lights. Um. <laughs> and this cop who's there watching his son none of this really matters it's all just set up for this guy no. i thought this guy seemed rather old to have a teenage son and be married to dirk benedict's sister like the yeah, casting choice i, I was of this expecting guy. her to be a lot older yeah exactly yeah. no she's around dirk benedict's age and uh right. instead <laughs> uh glenn corbett is this actor who plays al finch oh yeah he would have been mm -hmm. in his 60s at this point um <laughs> i mean this okay oh shit i know who this guy is uh i mean this guy goes all the way back to the original star trek um oh he played zephram cochran the guy who invented warp drive uh, who's like oh. a major figure in Star Trek history in an episode of the original series. Later, he'd be played by James Cromwell in the movies and such like that, mm -hmm. and that's what most people would associate that character with. But this guy technically played him first in an episode of the original series. Oh, sweet. So this guy is like a real actor, and he's in it for like two seconds. Because um, <laughs> uh, he, so he gets a call, right? He's at the football game. He's like, well, I got to go. I can't watch my son play ball. I got to investigate a uh, break-in at the something factory. Mm. Somebody hopped a fence is the report they get at some kind of like warehouse. And he's like, well, this does sound like this does sound like police officers in a small town. It does. It does. The idea that you would call in one of your detectives to investigate <laughs> someone hopping a fence somewhere with no other information. Um, now, don't send a patrol car. Send one of our chief detectives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a good use of his time. Call, yeah, get him out of what he's currently doing because he's not on duty. Let's make sure we yeah. get the yeah. Well, because we will find out this is all a setup to murder him. Of course, though. Of course. Yeah. Um, so he 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 goes in, and uh, there's just this guy waiting for him with a with a silenced pistol who shoots him. Mm hmm. And the last thing he says through his with his dying breath in I love I love movie death. Like I love the I love when people are hanging on in movies like oh one more thing. We see it all the time in these movies. But he says yeah. to the cuz the owner of the cuz it's you know the whole thing is just this small Texas town so everybody knows each other. Um mm -hmm. so he says to the manager who's of course with him or whatever of this place he's like yeah. set up. <laughs> it was a setup. <clears throat> and this guy is so perplexed when he's talking to cops later just because I don't understand. Why didn't I hear a shot? Which, as we've talked about, is not actually how silencers, or they're not even called no. silencers. We, we've talked about this actual tactic. You'd call it a suppressor because it suppresses yes. the sound, not silences it. He would have still heard it. It would have still yep. sounded like a gunshot. Yeah. It's just if it was in a war zone, yeah. you'd be harder to hear it. Yeah. It's uh well uh, 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 I heard it described once that it's it makes it harder to in that sense it also makes it harder to triangulate like where did that come from 
is, right. is often oh, what it yes, is because it because right. it kind of channels. Uh, yeah, it's anyway. That's that's a whole thing too. Uh, yeah. And uh, so anyway, now we get to our villain spoilers. Uh, Chief, <sighs> yeah, spoilers for Shadow Force. Uh, Chief Thorpe. I also love that this is just a nobody's gonna call copyright infringement about somebody putting this movie on YouTube. Nobody. Nope. I doubt anyone even has bothered to keep up on the copyright for this thing. Like, Probably not. I don't. I didn't recognize any of the studio logos at the front of it. I've never seen any of these companies. It's it. No. I don't know if it's a money laundering scheme, but they probably were like LLCs that folded after the production of this. Uh, I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chief Thorpe is is investigating, but of course we'll find out he's really involved in this. So let's let's mm -hmm. do dive into the plot here, Listman, because I do want to. You know, we'll we'll. As we do yeah. sometimes, we'll start from. So, because uh, I also want to try to get a sense of how much you picked up, how much I picked up, and see if we can put together what this mm -hmm. movie's really about. So, yeah. there's this small town Texas police force yes. that is also being run as assassins for this Mexican mobster, cartel leader, very unclear the movie has no interest in telling us anything other than he owns the city. Yeah. We don't know his business. We don't no. actually know. What the the one line they say is he owns San Antonio. Right. But I, so I guess the idea is he owns San Antonio, but he's using the cops from this near San Antonio, small town so that they're outside. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But anyway, but literally yeah, every, they say this, every cop on the force is an assassin. Except for Dirk Benedict's brother-in-law. He's the only one who wasn't. And that's why right. they've murdered him. Because he had stumbled onto the assassination. Yes. That makes them the titular shadow force. And they couldn't fire him because he had been in, in the police force for long enough. They didn't that, have, and yeah. good enough. They cop. didn't have grounds yeah. to fire him in that sense. So yeah. they, they, they had to kill him. Uh, well, they were, they were just going to let him do his thing right until they found out yeah. he was working with the fbi to investigate them and bring them down interesting okay because okay. that's what that dirk benedict finds in the lockbox when he's going through his stuff he mm -hmm. finds that the guy he'd been taking notes on where everybody was going and matching it up mm -hmm. with assassinations and he had a number to an fbi agent the reason you, you don't remember this is because we never see any of the FBI people. Dirk Benedict says he's now talking to them, but it's all off screen. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah, great. Exactly. That tells you that, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I I don't know what this thing costs, but very little is what it is. Because, uh, yeah. yes. boy, oh boy, uh, that's a perfect example of like, oh, I just talked to the FBI in the other room just now, and they said the following. You're like, oh. That riveting, riveting filmmaking here. Uh, Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, great storytelling. Uh, you know, it, it, I often, I often say uh, when I'm giving um, fledgling writers and actors advice, <laughs> don't show discoveries on camera. No, uh, hide that away. You people don't want to see that. You know, <laughs> just allude to it. I mean, this movie it really did seem like the 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 mentality here was how little can we show like how lean can we get this movie i think was the name of the game here and it's i mean you take you take out credits on this thing it's like a 75 minute movie yes yes <laughs> it's so uh, short i couldn't believe it's great. it um 
Yeah, I think they listed at 80 minutes, but I'm like, no, they they kill. A, they have full opening and closing credits in this thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, and those mm-hmm. closing credits are moving very slow, which we now know is a trick that people use to pad runtime. Um, <laughs> which is very funny. Yeah, I, I just love that so much. The whole t- they do, they do go into this thing about the whole town is sad that this guy died because everybody liked Detective Al Finch. Because I guess he was mm-hmm. the only, once again, he was the singular good cop on this. He was the Jim Gordon of, uh, it's interesting, Commissioner Gordon's in this movie. Because, you know, that that's yeah. sort of the thing. Uh, every I just love the idea that literally every cop is in on it. Um, including, yeah. the, <laughs> including the, the, what, the, like, receptionist? Yeah, <laughs> that was the weirdest twist possible <laughs> i love she you know that it? was one of the few times i laughed out loud watching this movie where i'm like wait what <laughs> and <laughs> and the specifically that the gangster's like she's our ace in the hole <laughs> <laughs> in what way <laughs> also she's terrible she gets killed instantly and does nothing immediately <laughs> uh so uh let's see so now that we will go to the Hmm? yeah Uh, just to interject here she is in a relationship with the bar owner the owner bar who used to be lying he's in on it yeah there's no answer to that maybe he Uh, because he was a cop until he got injured and now he owns the bar so maybe not yeah the, the movie has bring up some questions that yeah the, the he gives no, dirk benedict uh, a lot of information which makes me think no but the I movie has that's true. the movie just forgets about him once he gives that information yeah yeah <laughs> I guess like, that's true. it's it's one of those things where it's like here's all the information now i'll be out of the movie bye-bye see ya uh so now we're, we're at the guy's funeral and dirk benedict is here he is the 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 dead guy his wife uh that is dirk benedict's sister he's coming to town for the Mm -hmm. funeral he's a homicide detective from kansas city and boy Mm. they tell you that so many times it's to remind you because his accent isn't there so right they have to remind you in other ways it's like oh by the way they also want to make it seem like oh big city cop coming in here Right, that's right, sort of the thing yeah. too. Where it's like, yeah. mm, think you can push us little small town folk around? We don't know how you do things back in Kansas City. <laughs> Kansas City is such an interesting choice. Like he's not a New York cop or something like that. It's like Kansas City right. is a major city, but just the idea of like, oh, big city boy from Kansas City. It is interesting that they also didn't have him just be from a major city in texas like he's not a houston detective or something like that yeah right yeah right exactly yeah no that seems it's just like kansas city uh i mean i'm sure somebody just threw a dart at a map yeah yeah i think they just picked a thing but i just uh yeah because even when he says oh yeah i'm a homicide cop up in kansas city the chief is like oh i've heard a few things about that He doesn't go as far as I'm giving it to him, but he should. Like this, this he should, he should. be doing a a rootin' tootin' cartoon Texan. <laughs> yeah, that would certainly make it more entertaining. I mean, and wouldn't it be yeah. great if he's just the rich Texan from The Simpsons? And he's shooting his six guns yes. in the air all the time. <laughs> a 
right. <laughs> that would be that would be nice. That would I, be something. Would How do we know I'm in Texas yeah. otherwise? I will say, and once again, we saw it in bad quality, but just from looking for shooting in Texas, they don't do a lot of scenery. Like they No. You're actually we, we always talk about like if you're actually in the place you're shooting, you would think that'd be an excuse to like really show the landscape or cityscapes or something. I, this could have been shot in LA for all I know. Could have been, but yeah, this movie is just it. It's not efficient, John, to show where you're filming. You just have to show the bare minimum no, that I mean, moves the story this forward. This is what I'm talking about about the TV framing. Everything is just the people in the frame. It does nothing to create any kind of imagery, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I guess makes sense that the guy comes from sitcoms, then, where he's entirely used to shooting on a soundstage. Yeah. Now he's outside and he's still shooting. He's still framing it like a three-camera sitcom. <laughs> no interest in like doing interesting shot composition. Because no, even the action is shot like that. Like, yeah. The action the is action's so... so boring. <laughs> this movie is so boring. It's so it's all so moments. there's there's action in it, but who cares? Like like the action yeah. is just yeah. Um, although it does. <laughs> I want to talk about that van sequence when we get to it because I was laughing <laughs> my ass off during that. My God. Yeah, I, was little, I was a little curious at how that worked. Oh, yeah. I do like at the funeral, everybody's coming up and meeting Dirk Benedict and the reporter comes up with this line. She goes, well, I'm just the nosy local newspaper editor. She literally says that. I wrote that down. Like, here's my character. Do you wonder if they, people have, they speak, subtext and, and say who they are all the time because they knew that the quality was going to be so bad because I, I will say this helped me keep track of what was happening in the movie the I, fact that people would just say i'm the i'm the nosy reporter character yeah what's great is this uh, is objectively bad yet it really does help in a movie like this <laughs> it, it, honestly it it's yeah. the only reason i could tell what was happening in the yeah film. Oh, thank God. The nosy newspaper editor. And this woman was okay. on a lot of TV of the 1980s. Lisi mm -hmm. uh, uh, Cutter is this actress's name. Uh, she was in, oh, she was on Perfect Strangers and Murder, She Wrote and, you know, everything. MacGyver. Um, no A-Team, though. Uh, oh. Something that I've never heard of called Nickel and Dime, but that's a great name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meet Nickel and Don. Oh, God, this looks terrible. <laughs> Wallace Shawn is one of the buddies in it. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Boy, that looks awful. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so she comes up and, boy, there's not a lot of chemistry between these two, but we're supposed to believe they fall in love over the course of this movie. Apparently, yeah. Talk about efficiency. Thanks. They're in, like, two scenes together and then they're in love and and she was already dating somebody she's like, on dating the one of the yeah one of the assassins so she go the, her first date with dirk benedict she is still dating somebody yeah we're led to believe yeah but it's okay because then it turns out he's a assassin for this cartel and dirk benedict will kill him and then yes. she just gets with Dirk Benedict immediately following that. Immediately. <laughs> She's just like, well, I can immediately accept that you killed the person I'm dating <laughs> because I'm immediately accepting that he was a, an assassin for yeah. the mob. She Great. Get, she goes Excellent. through that. There's not a lot of emotional trauma from that at all. 
No. She gets no. through that pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, I did when when they when they when they revealed that she was with that guy. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, weird. Then it seems like I, I thought also... she and Dirk were gonna. Oh, I guess they are gonna get together. Uh... <laughs> I I also because that same guy also is responsible for another woman's death mm -hmm. and it see it seems like he kind of like is a sleaze who who like gets with women to kill them i guess yeah uh i well i mean maybe that's the case like the idea because she's the newspaper editor they're like get close to her and see how much she knows about stuff maybe but how, oh that's right yes because the other woman was a district attorney as well okay right yeah everything was oh, making sense oh listen that scene I oh can't wait God. to get to that. That, that. I mean, that's the thing. This movie's <laughs> this movie is pretty sleepy, but there are like two or three absolutely bonkers scenes in it. <laughs> so we get we get our bad guy poolside getting a phone call, which is such a classic like gangster movie thing. And he's got yeah. some bimbo girl who's with him throughout the movie who's just is like displayed out for the audience. Totally you know? not a character it's... at all. What I do like though is displayed out in a pretty conservative one piece like athletic swimsuit. I mean, good for this woman <laughs> yeah. to be like, no, this is as revealing as I'm letting this. No, this get. is this is Sorry. a movie that wants to be sleazy but just isn't really. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they don't have enough like financial backing mm -hmm. to really like lord it over the people. No, involved. it's it's so funny. Even the bimbo character is pretty once again buttoned up and and, yeah, and just but, but also you don't need to worry about her at all in this film. Uh, no, she's a nothing no. character. Yeah. But uh, it's anyway. He's he's. Uh, let's see. What does he say? Uh, oh, he's yeah. He's just yelling at the police chief to do something. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, it but doesn't uh, but immediately Dirk Benedict is asking questions. Because uh, he goes yes. to the police chief and he's like, uh, "What can I? I love this." Because he go the police chief goes, "What can I help you with?" He goes, "I don't know. Maybe you could tell me who killed my brother-in-law." <laughs> so presumptuous just out of the gate yeah i just it's very strange this this is the big, this is big city homicide investigation here <laughs> right it, it, it's a classic example and this happens a lot uh of the main character is right only because he's the main character like he has no reason to suspect foul play mm -hmm. at least until he <laughs> interviews the uh the guy who is at his bro brother-in-law's uh, uh death Right. So, like, uh, and then he's like, he, I think he said something like ketchup or yeah, dual it, or setup, maybe. Yeah, and it's and, like, and okay, Dirk, well, this it's is when clearly setup, you idiot. And that's so you have Dirk Benedict with his Sherlock Holmes moment going, setup, you say? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which I thought I thought was the lazy that that was so lazy. <laughs> like that's how he gets this whole clued. movie is just like whatever. I just, I, this movie's so low energy in in yes. its in its uh, storytelling and its character work and its mystery. It's all just like I, I don't know. There, I guess I that's a know. clue. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, he is immediately suspicious, and you're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> mm, I bet you're in on it. With what? How? He is. But yeah, it's just because I'm Dirk Benedict. Yeah. <laughs> the protagonist just has to be right you yeah know? exactly and nobody can believe because this also this happened in co and cobra as well yes. right yeah Cobra oh. suspected well, <laughs> I, I 
believe in Cobra we talked about because they cut out all the detective work. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that you talk about they that thing was like two plus hours and they stripped it down to eighty five minutes or whatever. And so I think a lot of that comes from that where you're like, Oh, all the investigation shit is just gone. From right. That Whereas this movie this movie, they're showing literally as much as they p- could have. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think anyone got their hands on this. I think this movie had no money, and they just were maybe they were stripping pages from the script or something. But this, the fact that this is a one-time writer leads me to think the script is this bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, he. Uh, so he's and the guy's like, I don't know. We have some hunches, but no leads. And Dirk Benedict's like, hunches. A. There's a lot of these moments of Dirk Man- of Detective Dirk Bandit being like, hmm, I see. And you're like, see what? <laughs> what? There's nothing to see here. Or it's obvious things like the setup where it's like, setup? Yeah. What can that mean? Set up. Mm-hmm. Now, if I look at the, uh, the Greek uh, origin of these words, set and up. <laughs> What do I find here? I highly recommend if people, uh, if if you haven't checked this out, the Netflix show Murderville with Will Arnett. I I love this it's show. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> but that's the kind of detective work Will Arnett is doing in that comedy show. It's that sort of thing where it's like mm, avoiding obvious clues and making <laughs> bizarre jumps in logic. Uh, it's that kind of yeah. Murderville is one of the funniest things I've so ever good. seen. Um, yeah. But uh, but that's that's the level of detective Dirk Benedict is here, except for it's not a comedy, and he's supposed to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, now we're at the scene where we have uh, Mac. Is this is this a douchebag cop's name? I believe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he has a silly name. I want to see if I can find it. It's Mac. Uh. Oh no no no! Uh, I think it's Mark. Mark Kane is that it? Sure. Yeah, whatever. I don't know who anyone's name is. Anyway, this guy kind of looks even with the poor quality. You can still kind of tell this guy's a little dumpy looking. Yeah, I know. You know? He's a, he's a weird choice a to be punchy. the like the Lothario, right? Yeah. And he's got yeah. a bad mustache. And like, what are oh, you doing? I didn't. I, I caught, couldn't even I, tell he had a mustache. I thought I saw a mustache. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's a little dumpy. And he's walking with his prosecutor, and she goes, gee, I never thought getting rear-ended uh, would lead me to find the love of my life. And I, I always love any villain plan that assumes someone is going to actively fall in love with whoever they've sent. Like, if we just have yeah. this guy rear-end this woman, she'll just fall for him, obviously. I, well, again, the I think the implication is that this guy can just get with women. You know, he's can... just that smooth. Mark Fox, man, that's what we know. All right. Yeah, yeah. Mark <laughs> definitely fucks. Yeah, Mark Kane. Come on, man. Ladies can't resist. Uh, oh, I do see. This is Nanette Christian who just plays Woman on Bridge, uh, and her lone appearance <laughs> in a film. Uh, and then very soon she's Woman Under Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> also, I was. They seem to throw her off a dam, is what it looks like to it, me. Uh, it looked like. <laughs> threw her off of the hoover dam (laughs) (laughs) because they walk up and there's just this one guy standing there and and he goes i'd like to introduce you to my friend this guy suspicious man 
this felt very awkward and I, I they do technically pay it off but they're just walking and then there's a man who's facing them but his head is turning the other way like looking out it's <laughs> yeah. like oh hi mark yeah good to, uh, funny running into you here Why it's my um, good friend whoever what are you doing here and then these two pick this woman up and huck her over this dam but before they do yeah there's uh uh, it's kind of awkward. It, it's very awkward. Mark's like, "Oh, this is my friend. He's he's the best at what he does." And then she says, "Oh, and what is it that you do, or <laughs> what business are you best at?" And he says, "Murder." And then picks her up and throws. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love about it, and what I love about this whole movie is, you see in real time them have to hoist her up, <laughs> get her over the railing, and it's kind of uh. awkward. <laughs> yeah, he at one point he just has her like legs as she's dangling. Yeah. It's very strange. It's it's, it's not a strange. it's not like a quick, oh, we pushed her over. It's like I have to lift her up, put her over, push her down, and then drop her. Yeah. It's yeah. the whole movie's like that with its action where you're just like, No, there's nothing viscerally exciting about any of this. We're seeing <laughs> the movie also does this thing that's a I remember this when we were like in film classes. It does a thing where we have to see a car pull up. Somebody stop the engine, open the door, get out, close the door behind them, and then run into action. It does that yes. a lot where I'm going like, cut all that shit. What are you doing? You don't need that. <laughs> it's so Hell, you don't need to see them pulling up. You just go to the next scene. Yeah, like, just have them run in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it's a... have to be in real time. Well, how, it doesn't have to be in real time. How will we know if we don't see them park that they stop their car? <laughs> like it's it's that thing where you're just going like this. You could chop this whole thing up here uh, to a few cuts and throw her off yep. the dam. But yeah, she just yes. fall for a long time down. And like you, a very, it's very funny. And I just go I laugh, like this is where I laughed out loud. I thought this was yeah. hilarious. And I'm also just going like, yeah. why was that the most effective assassination route? <laughs> Like, at that point, what did it matter that he, like, seduced her? They could have just, just followed her. They could just wait until, yeah, while she was jogging or something and pushed her off a bridge. I don't know what. <laughs> no, no. I if better do her first. If, in, if anything, now there's a history of people seeing her <laughs> with this man before she mysteriously it's died. It's implied they went out on multiple dates. Yeah, he was like, like several her, days. They were they, he he established a relationship with her, and then yes. they murdered her in a not like it's not even like he oh he didn't even use that to get close to her. He just and he didn't nope. even oh I can't throw off a bridge myself. Joe, do you want to help me? <laughs> sure thing. My yeah, business okay. is murder, as you know. Uh, <laughs> well, shall we practice our uh, what what we'll be saying? Yeah. We'll practice our lines a little bit. Uh, beforehand i mean and also it's a total ripoff of the awesome wolverine catchphrase right i'm the best there is at what i do but what i do ain't exactly nice way fucking cooler that is way cooler (laughs) instead of just going murder murder (laughs) and then oh no wait hold on hold on oh i got her hold on yep and over Uh, there she goes oh man all right let's get a beer uh uh so now this is where dirt goes to the bar and he meets the bartender who used to be a cop until his yes. hip gave out on him mm, uh yeah he wrecked his hip chasing a perp 
Uh, and uh, let's see here. Used to be a cop. Uh, they talk about because uh, Dirk Mandy goes, "Isn't it strange that uh, my brother-in-law who was murdered went into that, uh, you know, that uh, warehouse without a gun or anything? That seems kind of strange." And this guy's like, "Well, you know, it's just one of those things." And uh, he probably didn't think it was whatever. It's like, hmm, he might have said it was a setup. <laughs> what a riveting detective story this is. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Really. They went in unprepared, and they said, uh, uh, "There's like what I heard. The guy was uh, just some hopped up speed freak that shot him." And Dirk Vanek's like, hmm, "Why would a hopped up speed freak use a silencer? This seems like a setup." <laughs> See, this is exactly how he's del delivering the lines too, which is yeah. very good. It's yeah, because Dirk. Well, because Dirk Benedict can't not be smarmy, right? It's just like even yes. his investigation is like, I'm putting together clues. Mm. <laughs> I wonder. I think what... you are an idiot. <laughs> uh... Every I mean, that's the thing where it's like, I don't think Dirk Benedict's a good actor. Particularly, he's just. I mean, he's okay, but he's just he's good at one thing. He's clearly got no range. Yes, because yeah, he's got one one trick up his sleeve. Yeah, he, and which he is pulls it out on be, every line. Be cocky, smarmy guy, and that really, really yeah. worked in the ensemble of the A team because that was his thing. Yes, boy, yes. as a leading man here, I am not into it. No. I'm, <laughs> I'm going. No. where's George Papard? Can we get him? Yeah, in this we thing? need George Papard <laughs> up in this. Yeah. Well, because I mean, it, it it is an interesting thing, right? You go like, oh yeah, without the grounding force of that guy. And Mr. T and Dwight Schultz, eh, you're not. This guy doesn't really work. Even like he was no. the third lead on Battlestar Galactica, right? You can't have. Yeah. This guy just isn't. He's not the guy, and that obviously showed because he's the star of this movie. It's not right, like he started exactly. doing A-list stuff out of the A-team. Yeah, I I would feel bad, but uh, hearing that he's a bit of a dick. That oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard feels like it's justified. I've so. I've never met him, but I have heard from other people who have had run-ins with him at comic conventions that he's a total asshole. Uh, uh, yeah. And like I said, very publicly, it was like the fucking they got a fucking woman playing Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica. And it's funny because, like, before I watched uh, that Battlestar Galactica, the, yeah. I had heard. I had heard most. Mostly, what I heard was how great she was. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't even think of him as Starbuck. Obviously, it's Kate. No. Zach. I mean, yeah. The original show is very fun and of its time. The new show is an absolute masterpiece, and yeah. she is Starbuck. <laughs> like she totally yeah. owns that role in a way. He yeah. he was fine. You know, like uh, yeah. <laughs> she is a good He's actor, okay. unlike him. I think is yeah. another piece of that too. Is. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, he's, well, he's just like he's put some woman in my part. At just you know, he's one. He is one of those like fucking SJW ruining oh, the boy. science fiction worlds. All ladies now. <laughs> well, it is one of those things too, where it's like, boy, you know, if, guys, if you didn't make some of those characters ladies in the reboot, there were basically no women on the no original female show. parts. Yeah, they yeah. were all because like several of the characters in the Ron Moore version became women because. We have to have some women on the show. I mean, it's, it's just not 1978 anymore, you know? Yeah, like statistically speaking, I mean, 50% of the world is female. Yeah. So, like, it should reflect that in right. whatever media you're, you know what I mean? Like, it's not I don't, even, th I don't think they made a SJW big thing. No, yeah, it's just one of those things where you. Yeah, because this was long before the 
like any of this stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, he was um, kind of on the forefront. <laughs> he was well, and there's right, some terrible yeah. stories from if you hear about some of the women who were on uh, the A team, uh, both he That's... and and Mr. Papard. I guess we're oh. not very kind to women. Um, oh, that's very sad. I mean, know. George Papard my is like two one favorite. Of, yeah. Oh, George Papard ahead. is like le- legendary of, of how much of an asshole he was. Oh, going Jesus. back to like him treating Audrey Hepburn terrible and breakfast at Tiffany's, you know. You do not treat Audrey Hepburn <laughs> like shit. No, there's that, there's, is, that is inexcusable. No, apparently he was just always a huge asshole. Um, yeah. And you could just do uh, that back then. Yeah. I, well, at least my two favorite parts, uh, my two favorite characters in the A Team, are seem like pretty nice. I I, I am and always will be a Howling Mad Murdoch guy, uh, and Mr. T. Yeah, Mr. T's just Mr. T. But yeah, Dwight Schultz, of course, goes on to be on Star Trek: Next Generation, and uh, yes, I, yes, dude, he's one of the people that's still on my list to meet at a convention because both the A Team and yeah. Star Trek. Uh, yeah, that guy's great. Uh, yeah. So let's see here, where were we? Uh, uh yeah the the seems like an unusual thing for the silencer and mm. uh he goes just goes well you know cops are pretty different in this town how so <laughs> elaborate please oh i don't know maybe they moonlight as assassins uh <laughs> no that's the thing i don't know i don't know how much this bartender really knows yeah about yeah, what's going on but yeah he is in a relationship with the police receptionist if this was Slash any other awesome. movie, they would have. They, <laughs> this was any other movie, they would have at least acknowledged the fact. Yeah. That like he either knew or didn't know. He would either he would either be revealed to be mean. bad or he would get murdered for talking to Dirk Bennett. R- that exactly. those are the two options, and they do neither. They just never go back to this guy ever again. Can you imagine if she killed him? <laughs> uh, that would be good. That would make her character more interesting. Instead of at the very last minute going, she's an assassin, and then she dies instantly. It would have been nice to see her. 65-year-old assassin. Yeah. Um, Well, it would have been nice to have seen, like, this whole idea about she's the ace in the hole, right? That would be nice to have seen her do some assassin shit instead of show up and just get killed. Just immediately get stabbed in the back. (laughs) We just go like, why was she the ace in the hole? She can't. She's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I just think it's very our ace in the hole is is this uh, uh, geriatric woman. I know, yeah. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't see it coming, I guess. No, but, uh, except for the fact that somebody did see it coming. Um, but, uh, Here, here's a, here's eh, a, okay. Here's a perfect example of how bad the script is. We see this mm-hmm. cop in his police cruiser, and we mm-hmm. see another assassin blow it up with a remote bomb, and I go this. What? Why? This was very confusing for me. And I had no idea what was happening. Several scenes later, when the chief goes to talk to the the cartel boss or whatever, mm-hmm. I really don't know what that guy's deal is. Uh, <laughs> he's just he's just a general. He's in the crime business of some sort. They never get into like drugs or any. He's just a criminal. Um, yeah. He runs these assassins, but he that can't be it. They must be enforcing no. some sort of operation. But uh. Uh, le- t- several scenes later, when the chief goes to talk to me, he goes, well, "Why'd you blow up Johnson?" And he goes, "Oh, he was actually moonlighting with one of my competitors and and working against us." I'm like, <laughs> "It's just that a, it's just a drop line." Because when they really, I was so baffled when they blew this guy up. I was like, "What?" Well, because 
the way they were shooting it, there was somebody in a car yeah. who had this like plastic explosives remote. Yeah. And then there was somebody else apparently in a different car, but shot in the same lighting, yeah. in the same angle, yeah. who had a silenced pistol. <laughs> so yeah. it seemed like the movie was I don't know what the movie was implying. Like it was, I guess the it idea was is that very that, confusing. I guess the idea now with the context of that second scene is he was going to be doing an unsanctioned hit for another organization, but they were, yeah, but not the chief wasn't informed. This guy just asked one of the assassins himself to blow up yes. the car, but it's all, it's all, I mean, it just shows you like what this doesn't make any sense. This is really bad writing. Here's why I think the scene is in here. <laughs> I think this scene is in here because the screenwriter was like, we should have a hit on the police chief attempted. Yes. So that the audience does not assume that he's in on it. Right. Because this is all outside of the police chief's house, we should say. That that seemed like this guy was going to go kill the police chief on, which we'll later find out, on orders from a different criminal organization because he was double dipping. In in case one was wondering, is not shown. Oh, and, and never plays into the story again after this. No, no. It is literally it, it. It's like they the very first idea that came to their head yeah. is what they went with, and then never thought about it again. Nope, no. And that's that's another thing too. It does feel like they have at nope. They just wrote the movie straight through. There was no point where yeah. it's like, oh wait, I did mention that. I should bring that around because you're going like, mm-hmm. dude. There are like three threads to pull on if this was a two hour movie, and you could get yeah. into like another criminal organization. And if I was writing the better movie, I would have Dirk Benedict play into that and like play the two sides yeah. against each other, so they kill each mm-hmm. other. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, no, that'd be interesting. None of that is happening it's, here. <laughs> it's very clear that the person who wrote this wrote it in real time. Yes. I think it took about eighty minutes for him I, to write. I it feels like it. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, I'll tell you this. I know for sure there were no second drafts of this thing. This feels. <laughs> This feels like a bad first draft. Yeah. <laughs> they shot. <laughs> oh no, no. This it's like, oh, this is a this is okay for a first draft. Yeah. First draft. What yeah. do you mean? No, we shot this. Uh oh, you oh, shouldn't have done it. No. Because it does feel oh, like no. there are ideas here where you're going like, well, like I'm saying, if you expanded on that or if you kind of went there, this could be a decent thriller. Instead, like a local police, you know, department, you know, working for the mob, like that's not, not a bad idea like at all. That sure, yeah. and the guy from comes from out of town and ends up breaking it, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, get, get, number one, like if you drop in the FBI thread, get the FBI involved. Then, like, don't just go like I just talked to him on the phone. And that wouldn't have been that. Hard. They just all they would have needed is another actor. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's not even that. That's not even a not budgetary even, problem. No, we're not. Ta- I'm not talking about going to the FBI field office. I'm not talking about bringing. I'm talking about bringing in a single agent to give just, some information to have a meet in a parking garage or something. Jesus, that would have been. That would have been something. Well, it, yeah. it also would have added to this movie. Kind of wants to be a conspiracy thriller, which I love. Yes, like a paranoia yes. conspiracy thriller, but it does nothing to actually give you that visceral sense of those kind no. of movies. Uh, there's no sense of like everybody's after Dirk Benedict and they're gonna kill him for the information he gets and he you know everywhere he turns he can't Who trust can anyone. Who can he trust? Yeah, yeah. No, even the the dispatch operator. I know. Even she's in on it. Yeah, like yeah. No, it's they could have, and that's another thing too, where I go like she could have been in on it, but not actively an assassin. Right. <laughs> or don't make her a 65 year old woman and make her an assassin who's more believable. Is that? 
you know, make you know, it a younger, really... fitter, more believable killer reception. Yeah. Uh, you know what this movie kind of reminds me of, hmm. but it's it's a much better film hmm. than this. Uh, uh, Hot Fuzz. Oh yeah, the small you the know? the the small town of murderers. Everybody's big, in on it. Yeah, the big town. Ta- the big city cop comes in, disrupts yeah. the natural yeah. order of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then... Hot Fuzz is a way better version of of the, of kind yeah. of this plot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that yeah. movie ends up being a good conspiracy thriller. It's, actually, it's pretty good, and it's also very funny as well. That, well, so, that's the thing yeah. that's so good about that movie, right? Is it's very funny, but also like the mystery plot is very good too. It, it it's good, and it's also very. I, I, I love the reveal in, it's, in that it's movie. So it's so satisfying that, that he puts the Agatha Christie thing together and it's actually much simpler. Very yeah. clever. Go watch Hot Fuzz. That's a brilliant movie. It's a, it's What a great movie. I mean, I've yeah. got my... I, back there, I've got... Where is it? There we go. I've got my Nicholas, Nicholas Angel and Danny Butterman figures back there. Because I love that movie. Um, but uh, that's a great action shelf like adjacent film because that's, yeah, that's very it, much inspired it, by action shelf movies it's a good version of the shit that we watch yeah 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 it's 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 made by guys who have watched the same shit we have and then use their creativity to make something interesting yeah. uh okay so dirk is going to the uh the 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 newspaper reporter and he goes can i yeah. take you to lunch because he's dirk benedict so he's also trying to bang a lady while getting information <laughs> and she goes, why don't we go to San Antonio? And he goes, that's pretty far, but okay. Then it doesn't really matter that they go to San Antonio because it's just the scene in a restaurant. And he orders a fancy... Co- this really feels like Face Man. This... He orders this very this fancy, specific martini with Bombay gin and, you know... And like a like a citrus, like, peel twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah. which is actually, uh, uh, if... Uh, if you read the James Bond novels, that is what he gets in his martini, not olives. James Bond gets the citrus oh. peel. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, wonder why the wonder why the change. Yeah, I think Craig does have the citrus peel in his because they're really cool. trying to be more like the books. Um, but uh, my favorite is the the waitress's reaction to him ordering this. She goes, "No, in, that's an order." She said, "Very good." That's sir. what it is. Yeah, it's the most patronizing tone I. <laughs> very good sir oh well done i know i do always oh man any i don't do that by the way as a waiter the like oh excellent choice i don't need Mm. it i don't need it waiter i don't i don't need to be commended on choosing to or to like eat or drink something (laughs) i understand that impulse but just the idea of like excellent choice sir Mm-hmm. all right shut the fuck up Get i mean even like there's there's even a way to do that to again if it, it this person's very clearly not an actor so, but like no. there's a way to do it and still have the intention of oh i can tell that they're just saying that because this is their job and they're paid right. to say that yeah but that's not what this very that's good, not what sir. we just saw yeah all right uh, good choice all right is there anything else i can grab yeah, for yeah, you yeah, no yeah. okay well there's also like here's an opportunity to give like Dirk Benedict's character something, but we never see him act like this again. Like this idea no. of this cop who likes fancy things. Okay, yes. that's a characteristic, but they this is it. <laughs> that does bring up an interesting question. Who is this character? 
what can we say about his character in this movie? Well, that's the thing is like they are, and this is where some of the, definitely a lot of the laziness comes in. They are kind of counting on us to know Dirk Benedict's persona, right? Yes. Like we'll yes. fill in the blank. It's a Dirk Benedict role. Um, right. Here's here's what we know about him, right? He's he's a he's a big city cop. Mm-hmm. Hence, and I think that's where they're going. Like, hence he's fancy because he's a city yes. guy, right? And now, later he's bragging about how big his house is. <laughs> yes, which is hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> on a cop salary, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Even a big yeah, city detective old. is, you know, f- famously underpaid. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. They're sort of they're sort of alluding to this because you. And once again, a movie could do something like this. He is a fish mm-hmm. out of water. You can have the big city cop in the rural town and do make that part of the conflict of the movie. I mean, bringing back Hot Fuzz, yeah. that, that's the entirety of the conflict, really, And then is him butting against the small, simple, rural, you know, yeah. uh, lifestyle. Well, and then that adds tension to his investigation, that right. they don't like this guy. Exactly. And the movie kind of does that, but then not really. Not really, no. I just like this movie, it's just, you're just going like, be anything, movie. Choose any lane. <laughs> This movie makes no choices. Everything is the most straight-ahead version of this plot. It's all surface level. Everything, as we're saying, is stated. Everything is very plainly, openly. There's not subtext. There's just text. No, there's Um, there's no. There really aren't any twists or turns in this mystery plot. I mean, their biggest twist is the receptionist, and it's so dumb. (laughs) Yes. Make the uh, the more interesting thing to me would have been to make the reporter bad. Yeah, yes. Like make it that yeah, she that is in an actual relationship with that killer, and she is mm-hmm. helping them. And then you yeah. really have this paranoia thing of like, oh shit, he really can't trust anyone. Yeah. Oh Jesus, I gotta stop doing this because Brendan yells at me all the time on the Monsters podcast. But stop writing a better movie. Make the bartender also a good cop. And then team him and Dirk Benedict up for the finale. Yeah. 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 There you go. I, that's well, something. That's, that's a big part of what we do on this podcast anyways. <laughs> it's just like, why can't it be this thing that just makes it Oh, and that's the thing. We're, we're, not, we're not making like huge changes. We're just sort of tinkering here and there. I always feel like, because a lot of these movies, like we're saying this one does, have a good central idea. Small town police force moonlights as assassins for the mob. I'd watch that movie. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just, but it just do it, just do any work. That's the thing that also pisses me off. As people like you and I who aspire to make, you know, films and stuff like that, the idea that this piece of shit got funded, shot, whatever, and you're like, dude, come on, they didn't do any work on this script. I mean, it it seems pretty evident that very little went into making this movie. Like, yeah, it, I think anyone can just shoot this movie. I think anyone could just go out and be like, yeah, I guess I'll do this. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, there's even, even the action scenes, like I said, are not, wouldn't take that much resource wise. Uh, You know, I mean, there's a few things, Uh, but during this lunch, this is where he talked about how he, yeah. yeah, How he flew choppers and nom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought that was going to come back and play a role. 
You know, well, what it's, I mean? it's, like, it's, it's, oh, it's, they specifically mentioned choppers. Maybe he's going to have to fly a helicopter. Oh, this movie I mean, can't, this movie can't fucking afford that. <laughs> yeah. But it is interesting that later, <laughs> uh, uh, this is something I thought about too. I'm like, why did action movies associate everyone, every soldier in Vietnam learn how to make elaborate death traps? <laughs> like, John Rambo knew how to do that. It's part of the plot is he was a specialized, you know, soldier who could infiltrate and, like, use the resources of a place to kill people. That's in the text of the movie is this guy was well, a, trained in, like, yeah. you know, uh, survival and, you know, using the resources he has. Yeah. I mean, it's a shorthand, yeah. you know? Like, everybody has Rambo as a touchstone. Right. So then people are just going to be Rambo or MacGyver. Like that's yeah. that, that that's the co cultural touchstone. And they are not going to uh -huh. differ from that because right. it's like, well, we don't have to further yeah. explain it. You already get it. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's when like you, those characters. When you talk about why make him a helicopter pilot, then that's not important. Just say he was in Vietnam. Um, yeah. Because I, I think about another movie, uh, Lethal Weapon, where Mel mm -hmm. Gibson's character, they talk about was this amazing sniper in Vietnam. So guess what? In the climax of the movie, he has to make an incredibly long sniper shot. Yeah. That's why you do. They don't like, just say he was in Vietnam. They give him a skill. They have him use mm -hmm. that skill. What the fuck? Why? Then make a thing about, well, I used to make traps or I was an insurgency, whatever, you know. Do something yeah. like that. Instead, no, I was a helicopter pilot, but also I can rig up this. Cra oh, the death trap is so dumb too. Uh, so stupid. It is the stupidest. It is like <laughs> the stupidest it, Home Alone it, style trap. No, it I've really is seen. like we want to do Rambo, but we do not have the budget. So this death <laughs> trap is not even remotely as interesting as the weakest Rambo trap. You know, like uh, <laughs> don't don't play around in that if you can't really do it. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, later when he goes home, he I called it a lunchbox. That's not. I said Dirk opens dead cops lunchbox. It's like a lockbox, but um, yeah, I was really. And so this is where <laughs> this talk about. Still, this movie could be cut down because like him just going through this and being like, hmm, notes, hmm, travel receipts, hmm, and he's. I mean, when I'm saying this, he is saying these things as he's pulling them out. Yes, he's like, yes. huh. A calendar page. Huh. Travel receipts. I'm surprised they didn't, like, hmm, a folder that says top secret on it. Let's I mean, they might as well. And he's like, huh, a list of assassinations and the vacation days of these cops. Hmm. Oh, the number of an FBI agent. What I love, though, is he has the notes that the guy took on matching the assassinations to the vacation days of the cops, but it still takes calling the FBI agent for Dirk Benedict to figure out that the cops are working as assassins. He's the, that fucking dumb. <laughs> it's strange because why have the FBI involved at all? Yeah. If they're not even going to show the conversation, like just have him put two and two together. Yeah, like, I know. It, it doesn't... It's this whole... complicated. I know, because and they don't... Because the whole thing about, well, we had to kill him because he was talking to the FBI. They still could have had to kill him because he had figured it out. It doesn't... You, the That's FBI is this wrinkle that doesn't matter in any way. Yeah. Oh, this this movie's, this movie's bad, you guys. <laughs> Turns out, yeah. Very, this, very bad. This movie stinks. Um, so then we have the chief... I thought... I couldn't... Does he go to... Me is this Mexico or are we just at some no, sort of... 
This is San he Antonio. He went to San Antonio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's really portrayed as like. Like I think the idea. There is a lot of Mexican culture in Texas. I get that. But yes. it's really portrayed as like, and he goes to this building that has a very Mexican kind of architecture to it, and there's a mariachi mm-hmm. band. I thought this was lazy movie shorthand for he's crossed the border. And I, and I, yeah, because they do the the I don't remember the the mob boss's name or whatever. Uh, Velez or something like that. Right? Velez, something like that. Yeah, he does specifically state like he has Vela. allies. Emilio Vela. Vela. Yeah. Uh, sure. That sounds like a real name. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he has, uh, you know, people he works with on on the other side of the border. Yeah. I, my my impression from this is that he is so well orchestrated, like he's so in control of the city that he is like this whole part of the city he has uh, shaped so that it is closer uh, to his home. Well, cause, yeah, because because they've they've yeah yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, they've talked yeah. about that this this man. He owns San Antonio. Yes, which is interesting yes. to me. <laughs> Did you like his his villain monologue in this uh, scene? <laughs> I mean, this guy can't fucking he, act to save his life. He's just like monotoning, like all the way. All, all of his lines are delivered in this just sort of just getting to the end of them quickly. Getting to the end of them, and then he has that like sl- he slaps the table. <laughs> And then his tone returns to his calm, sort of like yeah. monotonous it's, pace. It's seriously bordering on Richard Ayawade in Dark Place. Like, yes! seriously getting that to that where it's like, exactly. it, the, the, I, the script says, I slap my hand on the table now. Like, everything is just, I'm just doing what was written. I'm putting nothing <laughs> into it. And then the best is the police. Uh, com, uh, the police uh, chief. Ca- the police chief yeah. uh, is like, calm down. <laughs> you know, he's like very clearly indicating that the man should be yelling. But yeah. He is not because he's a terrible actor. Right, yeah. He's very funny. As we said, Lance Legault, this is a shit movie, but he is a good actor. And by the way, did 20 episodes of The A-Team, Lance Legault. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, he played Colonel Decker. Yeah. Oh, he was Colonel Decker. Yeah. Oh. 20, he did 20 okay. episodes of the A-Team as Colonel Decker, which I had forgotten that uh, was him. But uh, And then it's so interesting. He goes from that to Magnum P.I., where he plays a character named Colonel Green. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> TV Colonel. Yeah, they're just like, this uh, guy's a good... Well, he do- I mean, he is a good choice for a colonel, a police chief or whatever. He does sort of have that, like, listen to me. I've got orders to give here, you know. Um, he's that kind of... Yeah, voice. yeah. yeah. All that stuff we just mentioned, the AT Magnum PI, much better than this, obviously. Um, yes. But he he is, I think of anyone in the cast, he was the one where I'm going like, oh, he's he's trying to do something. He is. He's a good he actor who is trying to play this very dumb script with some level of, he's trying to do menace. He's trying to do something with his character. Yeah, um, so yeah. I'm like, anytime he was in it, and down the stretch, I thought when he went full bad guy, I'm like, oh, he's pretty good. I just wish the movie was yeah. better. Um, yeah, yeah. And Dirk Benedict is just, he's just, you know, he's tap dancing through this thing. Um, yeah. 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 So anyway, he goes, uh, that's where they find out the cop is uh, worried about. Oh, yeah, the cop is worried about Dirk Benedict solving it. And I do like the chief goes, no way can that city boy cop figure out what's going on. I just love the idea of like, why, why, why is this this impenetrable mystery in your mind that you've done such a good job of covering up 
what you're doing, despite the fact it's easily I mean, unraveled. <laughs> yeah, all of the evidence is still in the man's locker. You killed him, but all of the evidence still exists. And You didn't even bother to go through his shit. And the FBI was already on to it, too. So you're like, I don't know what... He had already talked to the FBI about it. I don't think this guy yeah. dying would... If anything, that would get the FBI to look into it even more. Uh yeah, because that's suspicious. Like <laughs> unless they had an in with the FBI, yeah, which could be interesting. Oh, that could be a plot know? too, man. That could have been something yeah. that uh, this guy yeah. Vela has people in the FBI too. I don't know. Once again, yeah. but like really, the entirety of why this guy's organization is working so well is just that literally the whole town is in on it. Basically, yes. that's that's yes. it. And so, like, as soon as somebody comes into town who isn't in on it, the whole thing crumbles. <laughs> <laughs> All it took was Dirk Benedict is, from what I've seen, not a very good detective, and yet somehow brings this thing no. down. So, uh, all you need is to smugly ask questions, and <laughs> you will solve the mystery. So he says, "Kill Dirk Benedict," which we I love. We just call him, keep calling him Dirk Benedict because his name is like Rick something. Rick. Uh, Rick Kelly. Oh God, Rick Kelly. Rick Kelly is such a generic like male action hero name. I'm Rick Kelly. Detective Rick Kelly. You know, uh, it's just... Uh, but uh, he says, uh, the, the the mob boss says, kill him, but make it look like an accident. <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how that... Well, we'll yeah. get into how this is a Well, here, really, so here's... Really yeah, here, here so they, they, they call up uh, Mark, who is over at the reporter's house. Do they live together? I can't... It's not clear. It's not clear. He's doing some work out in the yard. What's he doing? Building a pit of some sort? Like a... I don't know. Because he's, <laughs> he's laying cinder blocks. It's not clear. It's it's so... Uh, he's movie. got, he's got the, a shovel. The video doesn't help. He's got yeah. a shovel and a bunch of cinder blocks. Mm. I, I don't know what he's doing. He's, he's just burying cinder blocks <laughs> into the ground. So, I'm going like... Is this a fire pit? Is this but is he setting a foundation? Like, I'm confused. But there's no like cement involved or anything. It's just no. he's stacking some cinder blocks and then digging. Does he think that the way to make more cinder blocks is burying them in the ground? And, oh, this like, will be like good. A seed of some this, sort? Is, <laughs> this is how you. <laughs> this is gonna. This is gonna. I'm gonna grow a whole bunch of cinder blocks. Uh, this could be a whole I'm new. I'm gonna turn it into. <laughs> Gonna turn it into a shed. <laughs> this is how sheds are made, right? They grow like plants. Let's see. Uh, Google doesn't exist yet, so I'm gonna have to guess how long it takes for this cinder block to grow more cinder blocks. Uh, <laughs> this could be a whole side hustle for me as I grow a, a, a field of cinder blocks. Uh, no, I, did, I don't. I don't know what he's doing. He's just doing general work. They needed him to do something, and then later they'll use the cinder block and the shovel as a weapon. I mean, that's that's the only reason the cinder blocks are involved. But like, I just love that's... this. We just cut to this establishing shot of him with the shovel and the cinder blocks, and you're just like, mm -hmm. he's a man doing man's work out there. Yeah. And he gets a call from the police chief who's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you need to kill Dirk Benedict uh, and make it look like an accident. He's like, sure thing, boss. And, of course, in classic female lead fashion, once again, nosy reporter, apparently, she goes, everything all right he's like yeah it's fine and then she has no follow-ups uh <laughs> yep uh 
And I love, go make it look like an accident. And he walks out to his van, opens up the glove compartment, and loads his gun. And I thought, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> sure thing, accident. <laughs> Fell on some bullets. Uh... It's also, wait, is it? Because hmm. Dirk Benedict, of his own free will, goes, drives to this oh, house yeah, it and just, shows up. It just works out for this guy. <laughs> immediately after he's gotten the call because <laughs> because yeah he, he gets the call he goes out he, he he checks his gun to make sure it's got bullets in it and then dirk benedict rolls up not in a cut it's not a time lapse to later it happens immediately yes <laughs> and, yes uh and dirk benedict's like oh hey how you doing is uh the reporter lady around whose name i could never tell you um and i'm not even gonna look it up because it doesn't matter um yeah is she around and then he's like he pulls the gun. He goes, get in the back of that van. And it's at this point that the reporter woman looks out the window and sees Dirk Benedict being loaded into the back of this van at gunpoint by her boyfriend. And she's like, hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe I need to do some investigating. No, she does. She, oh, the fact that we she's get a our first one. We get our first true one-liner of the movie here uh, from Dirk Benedict. Which is when he pulls the gun and uh, says, get in the van. Dirk Bandic says, eh, my mother told me never to ride with strangers. <laughs> Which felt, Dirk Benedict, I'm now realizing just on that line, because I almost did the impression of it. He's kind of a yeah. low-rent Burt Reynolds. A little bit, yeah. Because that could have yeah. been a Burt, uh, hey, uh, mother told me never to ride with strangers. Burt would have been a lot better in this. Well, Burt is a better <laughs> actor. than <laughs> Burt's a good actor. <laughs> Well, because Bert has variations to that charm, right? Like, he can turn it up, yeah. turn it down, do stuff with it. Dirk Benedict is just on a one-note, you know, kind of mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. here. But uh, I am now realizing that. Because he also does the cocky, smarmy guy, but he's more likable than Dirk Benedict. Not an asshole. And has, mo and has more range as yeah, an actor. And actually so. is a very good actor. Uh, we, I yeah. mean, you, know, we, you know we love Bert around here. We'll have to do a Bert month mm -hmm. at some point on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah we could do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, he gets in the van, uh, and the and then we see the reporter get in her car to follow them, and then starts. Uh, Lisman, I ran the out of breath sequence. laughing at this sequence, <laughs> and I immediately put this on next year's shelfies for best hand to hand fight. It won't win, but I, I just need it on the list of these two idiots struggling over this gun, <laughs> but. So, because they're they're driving in this van, right? Yeah, Dirk is driving. <laughs> Dirk the is driving. Guy, the guy's Mark got him at gunpoint. Yeah, and Dirk yeah. just waits for him to look away for a second, and then bats the gun away into the back of the van. Then they both launch themselves into the back of the van. The car, the van, at no point stops. <laughs> it never stops. Or it never slows. It never. No, it's just it's still barreling forward at like fifty miles an hour. I now I I know what you're thinking. Uh, generally, the way that cars work is that if you have your foot on the gas, that propels it forward. Yeah. Ign ignore that fact and just enjoy the scene because the, the van starts self-driving. It does at one point. At a certain point, it veers off the road, but not like because nobody's driving it. Because the van turned itself off the road. It does a sharp yes. turn. <laughs> I, 
And they're not on like a hill where it's just being propelled nope. by gravity. They're driving down a nope. straight road. The thing is doing a consistently yeah, like 40 to 50 miles an hour. And these two are wrestling around for so at a certain point they get the door open and he's trying to push him out of the van. I'm just th- I'm thinking like does a van like this have cruise control? There's no way. Not it in does. 92. And I mean then this van was old by 90. No. Like yeah. cruise control was maybe in its infancy, I feel like, in 92. I think so. And certainly not yeah, this old right. van, probably from the early 80s. <laughs> this thing is yeah. just motoring along, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this scene goes on for so long. I, it's so long. This, this to me, is like, okay, I this movie is worth watching for this scene. <laughs> <laughs> They're struggling for so There is so much struggling for a gun in this movie. That is yes. this movie's idea of a fight scene. Yes, that is that is the only amount of tension they can possibly muster up for this movie. Um, and does Dirk somehow win the fight and get the gun? No, no, no. This is settled because the van just drives off a cliff into a lake. <laughs> and we're just led to believe that Mark just dies yeah. off camera. <laughs> <laughs> somehow while they're under the water i guess he died because only dirk surfaces and, and so because of the video quality i didn't know who was emerging from the van i had i was assuming it was dirk but like well, i really could not let me tell. tell you a more interesting twist would have been that the other guy surfaces is like yeah he's dead because that van is under there and then we see him we see dirk surface on the other side of the lake yeah and, and so then they like, think he's dead and that's when he's able to be like you know because that's now i have the upper hand they don't they they think you know they're gonna get cocky because they think i'm dead and then i can that would be interesting well You're this right, would John. yeah that'd be interesting and it would also make dirk a smarter character uh-huh no instead he swims no. up and the reporter who's been falling the whole way is just like oh i guess my boyfriend was in there and he's dead but whatever i'm with dirk benedict now yeah I mean, yeah and i loved no reaction to his death no and i love dirk coming out of the water here feigning uh injury but mm-hmm. also making very sure that his hair is like parted back like oh, perfectly yeah. like yeah. he did it three separate i counted he did it three separate times in the sequence of him walking from the water up to up to the reporter and then back to the car dude he He's is like, very he proud really, of really really wants his hair to be back like he he doesn't want to look disheveled at all, despite the fact that he was in a van that drove off of a cliff. If you if you see him. him now, he's still rocking the same hairstyle <laughs> as an older gentleman. I mean, he's colored it because he's like in yeah, his seventies, but still has dark hair. But it, it it's yeah. clear that the hair is very important to Dirk Benedict. How old is he? He's yeah. seventy seven years old, and of course has perfectly dark hair. Um, yeah, I just natural. Some of us are blessed. Uh, I, I guess so. Hey, man, you know, whatever. Yeah, he just he looks insane. Um, so uh, yeah, so he's out of there, <laughs> and then, and then here's a needless thing that happens in the movie. The police chief gets a call from the assassin's friend, going, well, "I loaned him my van, and he never got it back to me." And then that the chief hangs up the phone and goes, "Well, Mark's dead." <laughs> well that obviously didn't work but yeah what was that we never do get mark's plan for what was going to look like the accidental death was he going to do something with the van was the plan to always 
have Dirk Benedict run off the cliff and drown? Yeah, maybe he was going to dive out of the van, you know, before it drove off of a cliff. Maybe. It really is not clear. Yeah. It's not clear at all. I Yeah, no, it really was. I mean, I don't think Mark was a particularly great assassin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All, his main move was seducing people, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think I the... really I wanted to see him do that to to Dirk Benedict? <laughs> Try that um, move. Ooh, that would have been the yeah. approach, right? He's like, you know, you're yeah. you're a very handsome man, and he puts it like we cut to his hand on his leg, like on his thigh, and he's like, mm, maybe we could uh, go back to my place. <laughs> oh, <laughs> at least I've been from the opinions something. I've seen Dirk Benedict express online and such. He would not have not been a... cool with that. Not a fan of the gays, huh? Uh, no, doesn't seem to like ladies or gays. Uh, Derek cool. Benedict. Yeah, I think he's pretty right wing there. Uh, That's none of this is surprising. None, like, <laughs> no, I'm not he just there's a vibe about. He seems like an asshole. He really does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know what? Whatever. Uh, yeah. I'm not like torn up. About I mean, this it, is this is a guy know? who had cancer and says he survived due to his macro biotic diet oh, okay yeah sure he rejected conventional medical treatment and says it's all due to his diet sure buddy cool. spread that misinformation yeah all right yeah. yeah that's he's one of those crazies he's a he's a Great. i think he's a science denier while we're at it too uh okay you know what he's also a flat earther i'm just gonna put it <laughs> hey dirk come on the show and prove us wrong tell us the earth is round. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if Dirk heard this and just went, "Damn, I can't. I am a flat they earther." Yeah, they're right. Yeah. Ah, they're right on the money on that one. Uh, <laughs> so this is where Dirk tells the reporter everything. He goes, "Your boyfriend was an assassin. In fact, everybody's assassin except for my dead mm. brother-in-law. That's why he's dead, and he was working with the FBI. I just got off the phone with them in the other room before this scene started. Uh, Don't have to worry about it." You know, and he goes, uh, he goes, he was putting things together. Uh, and she goes, okay, where do we go from here? And he says, Kansas City would be nice. <laughs> Just immediately. Yeah. Immediately he's creeping. <laughs> I know your boyfriend. I know I just murdered your boyfriend, but yeah. like, what if like you ran away with me? I know. Yeah. yeah. He does. I, I mean, I, yeah, I couldn't tell because of the uh, video quality, but there had to be an eyebrow waggle after that line, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was implied. Nice. Yeah, it's it's in, it's his subtext for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we look at Dirk Benedict's script notes, and it just says eyebrow waggle in there. <laughs> it says it for every other line of his. Why does he keep... I know. His subtext is always, let's get it on. Uh <laughs> He's, his tactic is always seduce on every line. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and, and his subtext is we should do it. Um, so he goes over and the phone is de- I like he goes, well, I'll just call the- Why the phone is dead. And then it cuts away to another scene, which I thought, usually that's like, then more tension happens. Nah. But we have not talked about the score to this movie. I think that's key oh, yes. here because it yes. has... I, I swear it's one piece of music that plays through yes. the entire film. There, are, there, yes, essentially yes. There are technically two. There's the 
the main one yeah uh which we will describe shortly and yeah. then there's the one whenever the the crime lord is on yes on that's true and, and 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 if those aren't playing then nothing's playing yes that's the thing that's yeah. either silence or it is, but like it is not scored like a movie is scored where music you know has peaks and valleys along with the what's happening on screen yeah. There are so many times when like nothing is happening and the music going, brano, 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 brano. yeah, this it's it's classic eighties score, even though it's in nineteen ninety two. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's there's crazy. the electric drums. There's like dreamy synthesizing. Yeah. There's uh there's a like a screeching electric guitar. <laughs> it's it's like, almost pick harmonics. It is almost you know. always screeching. Like it's always yes. at the highest pitch, and just like yes. <laughs> it is piercing. Yeah, it's not. It feels pleasant. like not to bring up Lethal Weapon again. One of the things I love about Lethal Weapon is its score, and it feels like, and 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 they are failing when I say this. It feels like they want to do what Eric Clapton did for Lethal mm -hmm. Weapon. Which one of the things I love about Lethal Weapon is they brought in Eric Clapton and they just showed him the movie and had him play guitar over it. Oh, that's cool. So he's just <laughs> playing guitar to what the characters are doing. And so it yeah, creates this cool kind of bluesy, jazzy, noir rock sound. But he uh, yeah. is in sync with the movie. Eric Clapton is in conversation with the movie. It's one of the coolest approaches to a score I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. And then here they're like, great, we'll just put a screeching guitar over the movie. You know, like in Lethal Weapon. Although they had one of the so greatest guitarists who ever lived, obviously. That, that helps. Uh, and not like it's not like the guitar playing is bad. No, no, no. It just it doesn't fit. Almost, I mean, like, sometimes it kind of fits. Music by Jeff Marsh. Let's take a look at this guy's career. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's worked on a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, shit. I mean, you know, uh, he was the composer for Passenger 57, which is pretty great. Uh, he came from TV. He did The Adventure of Briscoe County Jr., the Bruce Campbell oh, great. show. Very mm -hmm. good. Uh, he goes on to be the composer for a lot of the star wars video games knights of the old oh, republic cool. force unleashed um so i mean it, i i don't i don't know that this obvious. is i don't i mean it's not that this guy isn't talented i think it's just that they didn't have much money he wrote two musical <laughs> pieces and, and they, they were they like great yeah that's all we need do we don't want, need a wait, <laughs> do you want more from me no that's no, enough that's right there. We we're, we're set. Oh, what are you going to use, like, yeah. sourced music? No, we're just going to use these for 80 minutes. Over and minutes. over again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there'll be a <laughs> sequence <laughs> of two men walking in almost complete darkness, just, and what? it'll be scored to the song for some reason. <laughs> well, like, when Dirk starts setting up the traps here at the house, a lot of it is yeah. just him shuffling from space to space, right, to go get something, <laughs> and the music going, <laughs> and you're like he's just walking outside <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> there's a thrilling chase scene and it's just two men walking from left to right yeah and like maybe four to five shots in a row and uh, it's playing this movie. Okay, about one and of this my supposed to be one of my favorite lines in this movie is um do you have a gun in the house no i don't have a gun in the house you got wind chimes 
It's a real line from this movie. You go from, uh-huh. okay, no gun. Well, how about wind chimes? And she, even she goes like, wind chimes? And so he can rig up this alarm with string and wind chimes. And Also, I never understood what the alarm did, though. Like, yeah. No, because it, it, wouldn't it just be... It, this trap is also great too because it assumes that they're gonna go in that one it's specific all door. Ba- and what I love is every single person does go in. Every assassin that enters the house goes in the same door. And it does show that there are multiple doors yeah. into this house. But so yet it just, everyone just chooses this dance. door. Yeah. I honestly thought- and it's a double door. Yeah. So it's specifically one of the double doors. So. It's counting on the location of the door, and it's counting on which door. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Think Stallone ever saw this and just went, oh, Jesus Christ, that is not how you do it. Uh, <laughs> one of the great screenwriters of death traps in movies, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Uh, and he's oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> no, he didn't watch there this needs- shit. I don't know. He's a, he's a busy man. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they sent me a copy of Shadow Force. I said I don't have the time for this. Uh. <laughs> uh. So yeah. He cause, so what he does is he 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 goes outside and he rigs up this trap with he breaks a cinder block in half and then puts a he breaks the 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 head off a shovel. Shovel. Yeah. Yeah. And so he just has it's a spike. Yeah. So he just has the 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 you know broken part of the wood yeah on the thing so yeah it's splintered right and mm-hmm. and he just rigs it up so that when the door opens it'll swing into somebody and it works perfectly to the point when all these other guys go i'm going just fucking rig it up again dirk they're all <laughs> i i thought that's what he did but he that, didn't for some by reason. the way that would have been hilarious if it just kept impaling people <laughs> Got him again. Did he, I assume he moved the body as well because when he they must enter have. In that door, they don't comment on the fact that there's see, a dead body. I mean, body I would have loved to have seen Dirk Benedict dragging a corpse around, but we don't see that, unfortunately. <laughs> because I mean, I, you know, I do enjoy seeing this dude just get impaled. It looks pretty good. Like, oh! yeah. And Dirk's like, got him. <laughs> and this is what gets Dirk a gun, which, by the way, is a revolver that I think he proceeds to shoot about ten shots from in this next sequence. Yes, yes, because <laughs> movie's uninterested and they send in, they send in this one assassin that gets hit by, and he has. By the way, I love that he goes. He has the reporter woman hide in a closet under some blankets. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you great. hide here. Good Hopefully, stuff. nobody finds you. Um, and and so the first guy gets impaled. Dirk gets his gun. So now when the other guys come in, Dirk is just pumping round after round into these guys. Because when he hit, when yeah. he hit, the first guy comes in the door, he puts three in him. And I thought, well, Jesus, that's a lot from only having six. <laughs> but don't worry. He puts five into the next guy. <laughs> You're like, what? And what's interesting is that this, these are the loudest gunshots in the entire movie yes. are from this, this revolver that he has. Yeah. I don't know why, but like. It was de- it was deafening because it's because it's watching. not it's not like a dirty hairy hand cannon it's just like no. a standard issue revolver like a cop revolver um, yeah I don't know it's got some kind of addition that makes it shoot more than six shots though because he is just yeah. fire this thing never runs out of ammo for the rest of the movie no we never see him put more think, bullets in it I don't think anybody reloads in this movie no. at any point no 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 and and because like I said he never gets a different gun. And he just continues to use this gun for the rest of the movie. Yes. I don't. I mean, maybe he reloaded in the transfer between places, but I, you know, 
For all I can tell, I just, this thing is firing 20 rounds. There's so many examples of reloading being a thrilling part of act, like fight scene choreography. What were we watching? Oh, we, you and I were watching John Wick Chapter 3, which... Yeah. Yeah, which enjoy that if like, you're... Once again, there's a plug for our patron. Uh, the, yeah. the 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 That stuff, you can listen to the list of nice commentaries. And there's that thrilling scene where he's with the, the it's him and two other guys and they all run out of ammo so then it becomes a race yes. to who can get a new magazine in the gun quickest that's great that is such that's a good, good scene man yeah absolutely yeah uh but here it's just like blam 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 it's like <laughs> jesus christ okay. i don't want to see no reloading okay. says divorce dad watching this um uh, i just want to see face man doing it or shooting people um so yeah so he shoots everybody here <laughs> i do love that the police chief is rolled up with these assassins and they're in like a van and he's just sending them one by one into the house until it's just him he's like oh shit yeah oh he, fuck well, how did i do that he hears all these gunshots inside and he's waiting to see is it gonna be my guys who come out no it's dirk benedict the reporter's like shit <laughs> And he doesn't follow them. His plan is, fuck, I just better go home. So he runs home and starts packing his bags, and he gets a shotgun. Okay, so he's so he's fully given up, right? I he's guess so. He's, he's like he's like packing he's packing up all of his stuff, and he grabs this shotgun. Mm -hmm. Dirk, meanwhile, mm -hmm. to keep because we can't bring a woman into this, right? No, we better drop her off yeah. at the motel where she, where she will be safe. And he says, hey, don't... Uh, oh, God. Okay, I did write this one down because I counted it as a one-liner. He goes, uh, he goes, don't open the door for anybody unless it's me. And she goes, well, how will I know it's you? And he kisses her and then says, female intuition. Gross. <laughs> that feels like a line he added himself. <laughs> that was a Dirk Benedict original. Uh, yeah. And another eyebrow waggle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's it, yeah, there is no acknowledgement about how dark and deadly the situation they're in is. It's all just flirting nope. between these two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's a thing I that love, drives, drives I love me insane. movie. Yeah, we've seen it a lot in, in these yeah. movies. Drives me insane. I always go to this. I've said this so many times that I'm like, maybe you don't need a romance in your action movie. Like, that's not something I need. No. If it fits in, fine. But Great. But, like, if people are you know in a life or death situation i don't immediately think they're going to start getting it on and flirting no. and i feel like more modern action movies are they don't feel like in the 80s you had to like it just felt like yes. you just it was no there was no debate about it but i feel like we're seeing more yeah. and more movies today that don't do it uh mm -hmm. and and often i'm going like i don't miss it i don't go well hey why didn't those two kiss I think there is something to be said about two people who share a traumatic experience together, yeah. and like that creates a bond that doesn't have to be romantic. No, uh, well, that, uh, and that, I like when movies don't. But there is something that is to something that specifically. One of my favorite action movies is Speed, and that is something yeah. that is literally said in dialogue in the movie that yes. like that they're bonding together, and they go, I don't know, relationships that start in highly intense situations don't often last. Because they are attracted yeah. to each other, and then they're going like, I don't know, maybe it's just the adrenaline, though. Like, they're putting voice yeah, to it! Because that's exactly, a great movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's good stuff. And there, 
that relationship did feel like it was born out of. They're not flirting, though. You just feel that there's a connection between them while they're trying to get out of this deadly situation. This, yeah. I'm going like, when they kiss here, I'm just going like, oh, I, I didn't get any connection between these two. And then at the yeah. end, when he's literally saying that they're in love and they're going to move in together, I'm like, whoa, what? What and are you he's talking basically about? basically like, I know you've lived in this small town yeah. your entire life, but what if you abandoned everybody? Well, I will say it's it's going to be a rough few months for this town. I feel like after the entire police force has been killed, having been revealed as secret assassins, there's going to yeah, be a lot of rebuilding. I feel like that this town needs to do so. Take off to Kansas City with sexy Dirk Benedict. Yeah. So he he goes. She goes. Well, if I go to the hotel, what are you gonna do? He's like, I'm gonna bring down the chief. And the chief, as he's trying to run out of town, just happens to run into Dirk Benedict, who's pulling into his driveway. And they're like, mm, mm. car chase, sure thing. This car chase, John. Pretty lame. Pretty it's... lame. Okay. You and I could go shoot this car chase. If I'm going to be perfectly uh, uh, clear here and transparent, I had to use the restroom, but (laughs) I didn't want to pause this movie because uh, then it would extend the watching time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was still listening to it. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, And it it seemed like it was about three minutes of screeching tires. That's about right, I'd say. Yeah, like I said, I think you and I could go shoot this car chase like right now right now yeah it has no it is they're clearly on road with no traffic they didn't shut anything down they went out to some like you and i could go out to some back road and shoot this pretty quickly and it's mostly just like car drives by next car drives by you know i mean it's it's not adding a lot of any chase yeah like all the on foot chases are exactly the same well because this turns into an on foot chase yes in an abandoned carnival ground gotta love it Gotta love it, man. Yeah. Very action yeah. movie. I was waiting for the Joker to show up. I man. know. It does feel like, yeah. <laughs> the old joke about you could solve crime in Gotham by shutting down every, uh, uh, just bulldozing every empty toy factory and abandoned carnival ground in the city. Yep. Joker has nowhere yep. to go. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so the, they, they, it turns into the shootout of the carnival. And this is where the mob boss says, it's time to call in our ace in the hole. <laughs> and they do they do this big reveal of the we see by the way we see everybody drive up to this This is what i'm talking about like you see the chief get pull into the carnival parking lot first get out of his car i love the inclusion of he didn't stop his engine so you're hearing the ding 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 of the car <laughs> you don't hear that in a lot of movies uh <laughs> no and then that Dirk, is funny and so you see him get out of the car and run off then you get Dirk pulling up in his car he's got to get out and run in and then, yeah, we get mm-hmm. this, who's mm-hmm. the ace in the hole? The car pulls up. We just see the feet, and it's in a black trench coat. And I am, I literally, in my head, I was going, well, who the fuck is it going to be? Like, there's nobody left. Because <laughs> my thought was, like, the mayor? I don't know. Like, it never hit me it might be this old receptionist woman. No. And no, meanwhile, Dirk and the chief are shooting it out with the shotgun and revolver, and Dirk's hiding behind... Uh, uh, a display of stuffed yes. animals, which wouldn't still be there. I don't. <laughs> no, I, I don't understand. the The carnival grounds seem both abandoned and functional, depending on what part of it you were in. Like it was abandoned yesterday. Yeah, is, I think the implication. We just haven't yeah. cleaned everything up yet. 
because uh, the Ferris yeah, wheel getting, is still we're getting to it. The Ferris wheel yeah. is still like operating. <laughs> I think it's on. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. <laughs> just oh. nobody's there. It's just turning, and the lights are on, just for atmosphere. I mean, that is a little unsell. That is a little unsettling. I this kind of so, reminds yeah. me. I mean, the better version of this is the end of uh, the Dirty Harry movie, Sudden Impact, mm, when he yes. shoots all those guys yes. on the boardwalk, and they're mm, like up in yeah. the rides and stuff like that. Like yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, that's pretty cool. But that movie had money. <laughs> this, yeah, no, this, that's true. This had, but because I think they did the stuffed animal thing only so they can put because it's easy to put squibs inside of a stuffed animal and it's implying right. guns are going off and stuff like that. As soon as soon as I saw the stuffed animal, I'm like, that's getting shot the hell up. Like that's and it is could not he, be more. Obvious. He blows this yeah. thing apart with a shotgun blast. Yeah. Uh, but then nothing happens between no, these two. This- I thought this was going to be the end of the confrontation between them. And then another scene happens. And because like, what is going on? Because, yeah, we find out the ace in the hole, their top assassin who they send in. They activate the old woman receptionist. And the chief just stabs her instantly. She does nothing. She just gets Literally stabbed. Nothing. And then he's like, oh, shit, you were an assassin? She's like, yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? And so the chief runs off then. And then Dirk Benedict sees her die and he goes, wait, you were an assassin? She's like, yeah. And he's like, well, who, <laughs> who called you in? She goes, oh, it was Louise Vela or whatever. And he's like, oh, shit, that must be where the chief is headed now. I'll follow him there. Somehow I know where this mob boss lives. I, I don't know. It is very convenient that she told him. She didn't have to. No, yeah. Uh, uh, so they go. So the chief goes to the the guarded house of the the uh, and they pat him down. I don't understand mm-hmm. this. They make a point of there's all these guards around the door and they pat him down, but somehow the chief still has a gun. Yeah, because they don't even like he didn't even hide it anywhere, right? No, they, like, I they don't didn't think... make a point of showing like a, a spot that nobody would check, you know. Uh, I mean, in his ass? Like, where would it be? <laughs> I don't... I have no idea. I would have yeah. loved if he reached down to the back of his pants and he saw him be like, yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> Had to keister it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, uh... Thank God, so- this one's a snub nose. <laughs> Oof. Mm. Uh, thank God it was a... Thank God it was a small caliber gun. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, uh... Yeah, I don't understand. But anyway, so he goes back there. Is this the line, Lisman? Is it from the mob boss? I yes. That that I think is the worst line maybe uttered on film. It's, it's and he, very and he bad. says it in this flat monotone. I wrote it down here. He goes, "I don't like surprises, Lou. This is a surprise. I don't like it." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's so bad on so many levels because yeah. it's one of the worst written lines. Yeah. But then also it's being performed by one of the worst performances yeah. we've ever seen. So I don't like surprises, yeah. Lou, period. This is a surprise, period. I don't like it, period. <laughs> that is that is like, the worst line of dialogue I've ever heard in anything. I, I don't know how you would make that sound natural. <laughs> Um, in this man's defense. Well, I mean, this but... is a perfect example of, of, of the bad writing is, why wouldn't you just leave it as, I don't like surprises, Lou. We all know what he's talking about. 
I just love yeah. the idea of the guy writing, I don't like surprises, Lou. Mm, they may not understand. This is a surprise. This is a surprise. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, like, I don't, it's so overwritten to the point of, that's yeah. not how a human being speaks. Very good. Uh, one-liner of the, is it the, the one-liner <laughs> of the film? Ooh, John? man, can we count that as a one-liner? I do feel like I it, mean technically it, no, but it, it's it, it needs it, it to be acknowledged deserves, though. Yeah, exactly. It, it needs to be acknowledged, and all the actual one-liners suck. So yeah, I think yeah. that might just get it because hey, it's our show; we can do whatever the hell we want. Um, uh, either that, or it's the uh, "What business are you good at?" Uh, murder. <laughs> murder. Yeah, line. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple more uh, that Dirk Benedict gets off here before the end that are pretty lame. Um, yeah, the chief <laughs> just ends up shooting this guy though. Yep. It just happens. Yeah. And and everybody's like, all right. Well, cause then like one of the guards comes in and he's just like, you work for me now or you're dead. And the guy's like, okay. <laughs> and so I he just, uh, it seems like he was going to run out of town, but now he's just like, I guess I'll just assume criminal the, in, I'll be in charge of down on prime. Yeah. I'll just be in charge yeah. of all criminal operations now. Um, yeah. and just as he takes charge here, wouldn't you know Dirk Benedict rolls up to the house, somehow finding the address to this place. And, uh, and he, oh, because what well, the chief says to the guards, he goes, there's going to be a city cop coming. Let him through when he does. Why? Just shoot him. <laughs> yeah, just say, shoot. there's going to be a city cop coming up. Shoot him. Shoot him on sight, thereby ending the entire problem. No, no. <laughs> Dirk Benedict rolls up, and I do like they pat him down. And they find mm. the gun that's on him, and Dirk goes, "Hey, comes with the badge." Once again, Bert could have sold that line better. Bert Reynolds, he is not. Hey, it uh, comes with the badge. Hey, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, asshole. Uh, <laughs> Bert Reynolds. Hey, what are you gonna do? I think Bert Reynolds says "asshole" better than any other actor in his. I think. Hey, so. uh, sweet yeah. dreams, asshole. Uh, <laughs> Also, when he called that kid a little shit and rent a cop was also pretty great. <laughs> uh, get out of here, you little shit. <laughs> uh, pretty Most great. relatable line from that movie. Yeah. Oh, dude, we have to do cop and a half at some point, right? We should when definitely Bert, When Burt Reynolds yeah. has a child partner. Come on, yes. man. That's, that's, no, it's, that's made it's perfect. for the show. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that yeah. during Reynolds month. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he comes in and... Uh, he go, uh, so he's in the office and, and he goes, uh, "Oh, geez, I guess I guess you're in charge now." And he's like, "That's right." And the chief just lifts up the body of the mob boss. I thought this was so like the guy's just laying there and he just holds up, he just pulls up like the top half of the guy. He's just like, "See, he's dead." All right, boom, drops it back down. I thought they that brought in that story. actor to do that. Yep. That was hilarious to me. Yes. Uh. And uh, he's like, uh, well, here's the problem. I just called the state police. They're on their way. So good luck explaining this. And I love the chief just goes, nah, I'm pretty good at getting out of those things. So yeah, I'll talk my way out of it. I think I'm okay. It'll be all right. And he goes, because for all they know, you came in here and just shot everybody. And then he shoots his own guard. Yep. And he's like, see, you shot him. And, uh, oh, God, I forgot about the creepy line he said to the bimbo woman, too, where she goes, he goes, you're going to be with me, too. There are fringe benefits. 
I am grateful that this movie <laughs> did not have a scene where he followed up with that creepy line. No, no. But boy. This, but boy, you just can't get out of one of these movies without at least the threat of rape. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just there just needs to be Ever the present. air of rape in these movies at the very least. Yeah. It's just once just again, it, this know? movie it, it wants to be sleazy like in a canon way, but it, it won't actually go there. It'll just sort of have the air of sleaziness to it. There's just not enough money, there, you know, going through this film. There is to not enough money anyone. in the world to do that for this. <laughs> yeah, for this movie. Come on, yeah. man. Uh, so he called the state police. He goes, "Yeah, I'm not worried." Uh, and <laughs> which is very funny. And so uh, he points the gun at Dirk, and he goes, "What about her?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, you're gonna murder her too. Do you want to see me do it?" And he points the gun over at the woman, and Dirk makes the classic action hero move that he makes twice in this movie, which is to then just throw himself at the gun in the bad guy's hand. Yep. Another moment of that where you're just going like, cool. And then you watch Great. these two older gentlemen, like they're both middle-aged dudes, wrestle over this gun. Just kind of wrestling on the ground, you know? They're just sort of wrestling on the ground. Meanwhile, because <laughs> I did think, like, well, is Dirk going to shoot all the, the guards and stuff? No, state police does roll up, and they take care of everybody else. Yes. Including yes. one pretty primo guy get lit on fire. That was fun. Yeah. That was pretty fun. I was not expecting that. I thought, ooh, man, we used our stunt budget for one scene, didn't we? For, for like one six seconds uh, <laughs> this segment. guy goes uh, guy gets lit on fire I, I think due to the poor video quality i could not tell exactly what like did they they shot something was it like a propane barbecue or something like that was i'm imagining it was a, a completely red uh oil <laughs> yeah, canister that was like just sitting up on the balcony in this guy's house yeah yeah because it exactly. lights this dude on fire and then he takes a tumble into the pool that was pretty sweet i like that pretty good we always yeah. enjoy a, a a sign of action shelf qualities if a guy gets lit on fire in it uh yep. do love a fire stunt so he gets into the pool so everybody else gets and then they do this stupid thing that so many movies do where the gun is between Dirk and the chief and we don't see it, but we hear the shot and they both react. And you're like, well, obviously he shot the guy. And and the and the police chief even says a line as if he shot Dirk Benedict. Well, he says, he says, and I wrote this down because it's my final one-liner here. He goes, guess we're even. And then the guy falls dead and Dirk Benedict goes, not really. <laughs> What does that mean? I, guess I we're don't know. I, because that would imply that he shot Dirk earlier, or something. Yeah. Yes. That like would now you that. shot but, me, so we're even. But that didn't happen. No. So there's no. I had your brother-in-law killed, and now you've killed me. So we're... that doesn't. But that doesn't really work. That's as I close. I think as that's it, what yeah. they think, but that doesn't okay. land in doesn't any way. Sense. Oh no. boy, this movie, man! <laughs> and then it just dissolves from this to Dirk and the reporter walking through a field, and he goes, "Hey, you know, it'd be great is if you moved to Kansas City with me." And did you this for a split second? Big I, house. I know for a split second, I thought he was when he goes, "You know, I've got a big house." House. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, "You could have." He goes, uh, "With lots of bedrooms, one of which could be yours." And she's like. Oh wait, I don't I don't like that. I, I thought like we'd be together. He goes, No, no, no. For your writing. 
Right, because she wants to be an uh, uh, like a uh, that's uh, yeah. There's a there's a there's novels. a running thing that we just don't care about that was through this movie where she keeps no. talking about she's a reporter, but she wants to be yeah. She wants to write books, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, yeah. But I do like she goes like what do you, what do you, what, you want me to be your roommate for a second there when he goes you could have your own room <laughs> what uh, he's like you know for it's your writing oh. Uh, oh okay and then he picks her up off he picks her up into his arms and it freeze frames oh that's a sign of garbage mm-hmm. that no good movie ends on a freeze frame like that but the dialogue keeps going yes which is strange it does keep going like, as they're while gonna... the freeze frame and then it transitions to credits with this really romantic ballad of a song <laughs> what <laughs> the hell is this movie i'm not gonna lie as soon as the very first (laughs) credit on screen i turned off it it said cast and you were out of there (laughs) (laughs) yes i i was so no it's doing this this like when you love somebody because it's true you know like it's it's this really and you're like i just went what what tone does this movie think it has this movie has know. massive tonal problems throughout, but this movie does not understand what the concept yeah. of tone is. No, so. no, yeah. Fuck that shadow force, guys. Uh, I, I for can't... those of you who watch movies along with us, yeah. For for those of you, and generally we don't recommend that anybody watch these movies. No, but no. This one in particular, yeah, is. It's so it's so hard to watch. Well, I, so I mean, that's movies. the thing. The quality of it really, even if the movie was better, it would be so tough to watch. And yeah. then on top of that, it's just, as we were saying, you and I were talking about before we started recording, this is just nothing. This movie is absolutely it's, nothing. It Yeah. It's it a totally forgettable film. Um, it's, it's so bland. Yeah. That Then on top of that, to have this terrible video quality, yeah, it's not worth anyone's time. We really wasted our no, own time on this one. We, uh, we really did. Like honestly, yeah. well, we are. I, I would say, yeah, for future movie, like for future episodes, if the quality is maybe this bad, well, I, maybe I, we'll... I don't think we're gonna do anything of this obscure ever again on the show. Like, I mean, that's we're true. literally yeah. we have a single option of a shit quality. Uh, I will check yeah. the availability of these movies going forward because I I don't know this was we look uh, we both just got excited about Dirk Benedict being something yes yes um, that is, that is uh, I will say next that. week's movie is available on Prime Video so when we talk about that great that's available yeah. in full high definition um but uh, well we already picked our one liner the movie does have to go to I don't like surprises Please, Lou sure. this is a surprise I don't like it. <laughs> That's pretty fucking Can't amazing. Can't wait to read that off. Oh, that's an uh, amazing one. Uh, so uh, that's that. How about our kill of the movie? It's got to be the woman getting thrown off the dam, right? Yes. It's, I mean, there's a couple of good options. Because the yeah, guy on I, fire is pretty good. But just right. that's what's going to that's what I'm going to remember from this movie is that woman being chucked off the dam in the most awkward fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think, I think there. Yeah, no debate for me here. I and also the sheer pointlessness of that scene. <laughs> yeah, who is Why? that woman? She's, what does that have to do with anything? She said she was a district attorney. I think, well, but I, like she wasn't this shown. This is also weird because the, the first guy they kill is a district attorney. Why are they just killing? I mean, I guess it's the idea that they're they're working for the mob boss. So I guess these are district attorneys who might be indicting. Well, 
the organization. Wouldn't the mob boss just pay them off? You know, I like, know. Yeah, he's bought all these cops. Why are these people somehow untouchable? I don't know. <laughs> this movie has a very high opinion of attorneys. <laughs> these prosecutors, these guys, these, these are real Harvey Dents. Yeah, so the only exactly. option is to throw acid in their face. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> could, that would have been nice. Uh, boy, yeah. So we'll we'll pick that. Uh, listen, because this movie functionally doesn't exist. Uh, yes. uh, there's also basically no reviews anywhere for it. So instead, I'm gonna read a uh, a, uh, a review for Dirk Benedict's TV show, The A Team, and uh, this the the get, strap in because this is quite the tale. Oh, uh, it, uh, this this comes to us from uh, uh, IMDb user Buzzin Zip ninety five, uh, and the and the the title of the review is the success of this show is like a thundering runaway train exclamation point. Okay, and this he this is a real narrative. So okay, here we go. Great. I remember seeing the A Team come onto the small screen back in early eighty three. I especially remember the white-haired man who didn't even seem like an old guy to a young kid of 14. George Pappard was in a helicopter, just about to jump out, and I can see that scene frozen in my mind's eye after two and a half decades. I caught the commercial for it on NBC and was immediately amazed by the different style of series that it was. I really couldn't describe why I liked it in all ways. I simply did. My uncle laughed at the show, The (laughs) A-Team, <laughs> the, the parenthetical note is so unnecessary. My uncle laughed at the show. The A Team was that one where they shot off thousands of rounds of ammunition and no one ever got hit or died. My uncle was mm-hmm. a fed and a sharpshooter who would face off in competition. I didn't mind that about the show so much. Yeah, no one died. I got familiar with Mr. T, uh, with who Mr. T was from this, as I had seen him once on Silver Spoons as Ricky Schroeder's bodyguard. I followed the okay. show on the network and onto the cable stations that would carry it later. Then, I was, as I was living in Los Angeles in 2003, I was sitting in an older cigar shop that is very famous with the locals and celebs, and I see okay. a blue Porsche 911 come up, pull up outside, and who should come into this store but face man Dirk Benedict! Three exclamation points. I was pretty happy about that. As I was sitting there in a big leather chair in the sitting area, Dirk came up and said something to an acquaintance of his there, then sat down and smoked a premium cigar. He talked to some people, (laughs) then with me about everyday stuff, politics, and then I asked about his work and the days of the A-team, and he said that they, he and Papard, used to sit in between the shooting break and smoke cigars and get in trouble sometimes with the studio. Probably rowdy behavior. All in all, this was a great time to be sitting, puffing on great cigars, exchanging smoke, and listening as well as shooting the breeze with good old Dirk B. I had also heard that when the beginning of the shooting started for the production of the A-Team, Dwight Schultz arrived and went to meet his co-stars. On the lot, he went to be introduced to Papard, and George replied after meeting Dwight, Hi, my name is George Papard, and I am not a nice man. That might knock you on your tail if you had a confidence problem. At any rate, I have enjoyed the show and still do on DVD. This was a show that on the departure of the network running it after cancellation, Papard quipped, it was like being on a thundering runaway freight train. I was happy to see it end. I needed some rest. This is just one of those things that makes the 80s a great time to be alive. Good stuff. All wrapped up. 10 out of 10 stars. Ooh. (laughs) 
boy. That really, wow. that really, that really, that really was a journey of one, you know? Now, I remember back when I, right after voting for uh, Ronald Reagan, I, I put on an episode, <laughs> my favorite episode of the A-Team, and it re- like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I, why, why did any of this need to be shared? And like the why time did you he- share that your uncle was a sharpshooter? <laughs> Like, that's well, that's why necessary. he would be so upset about the bad aim on the show, I guess, was his argument there. Um, I mean, anybody can see that the aim is bad. Yeah, you I mean, that's, that's part of the fun of the show, right? Was It's very comic yeah. booky. It wasn't – the violence yeah. isn't real. It, 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 it really yeah. was kind of aimed at a younger audience, right? Like, yes. It was, yeah, it was, it's all like it. It's, it's, very, it's, it's a fun show. Like, we're just having fun on yeah. that show. Uh, yeah. That was a show that knew its tone very well, I think, actually. Um, yes definitely well listen as always it's time to check in with our favorite amazon reviewer for another segment of mm. the winning opinion uh i have two from bruce this week uh and one is oh, wow one i'm calling an emergency reading so listen uh but first oh, i'll give you okay. uh obviously he didn't watch this movie because no one can watch this movie uh, basically um but uh, th- this uh, this is his review of a past episode martial law he just recently caught up with it Oh, great. Uh, which we enjoyed. Uh, mm-hmm. And here is his review, which is titled, Lots of Punching and Kicking. Uh, wrong. I like 16-9. I like the action and violence. I like the shooting. Mm. I like the punching and kicking. I like the mm. stretch Lincoln. There are, not, there are not much downtime. There will be more action. Five out of five stars. Oh, okay. <laughs> but can you read that last sentence one more time? There, there are not much downtime semicolon there will be more action what does that even <laughs> I mean? don't know Lisman I do not know I <laughs> I I, I, <laughs> I don't know I have no idea what Bruce that might have written that one in a hurry um <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> uh but here's as you know I regularly check in with him to see what he's reviewing for the purposes of, of the show yeah. uh and he he watched some movie called hideout that I, now I've never okay. seen this movie, all right? Uh, but mm-hmm. it's a horror film. Uh, okay. uh, here's the plot. The quick plot description says, After a botched robbery, four criminals evade the police at a remote farmhouse. They quickly learn the real horror is the home's residence. Sounds like a pretty standard like home invasion standard, horror yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. th- I'm, I, listen, I'm just going to say I'm really fucking worried about Bruce winning after this review. Okay. And this is why I say it's an emergency check-in, because normally I wouldn't read this because we don't know this movie. But here he goes. Uh, This is the title of the review. I like violence. Now I like gratuitous violence. Oh, no. It's escalating. (laughs) I like 16.9 and 5.1 audio. I like violence. I guess I like horror because horror seems to mean gratuitous violence. I like the shooting. I like the unusual ways to make a dead human. Oh. Oh. oh no, Lord, no. Oh, no. Uh, I have just oh. declared that I am now willing to watch science fiction. Horror is another type of sci-fi. That's a weird okay. Uh now I have many more movies that I have to watch and enjoy. Bring it. Thanks. Five out of five stars. Okay. So <laughs> You know, you remember the Netflix show Making a Murderer? Yeah, I, know, yeah. I feel I like we're, we're we're bearing witness for this. To to the next season yeah. of brand new murderer <laughs> in the making. Making uh, a murderer colon the winning opinion. Yeah. <laughs> the, yes. At a certain point, 
this will stop being a movie review show and become a true crime podcast. <laughs> I can't wait. For, I can't wait for the, that to then turn into a uh, like a prestige television event. Yeah, right. And then they make the the Netflix miniseries based on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll write a book, of course, about it. And uh, I'm I am concerned because it it seems less and less that Bruce is able to differentiate reality from what he's watching. I mean, can I tell how fucking terrifying the sentence is i like the unusual ways to make a dead human who says that holy god that is chilling that's, that is chilling to the bone horrifying. sir like that's you would read that page one of a manifesto <laughs> you know what i mean like this is not i, I this is not something somebody just says so this segment uh, listen this segment has gone from a comedy segment to a public service we need to keep an eye on this man yeah, I, we don't know much about him as far as where. Obviously, we're not we're not here to dox anybody. No, 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 Lord, no, no. Killer in the making, but <laughs> yeah, we also don't I want to make him angry. Is what you're saying? <laughs> that's also true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this podcast we record here in uh, Philadelphia, <laughs> beautiful that's Philadelphia. Where, yeah, that's where we are. Um, Home of Rocky. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, this is getting, John. This is this is, getting, this is taking it. I know. Like I know. We've, we've been concerned in the past, but this is. I'm very concerned. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's switch to having some fun, Lisman. By when we come up with a hey. new action movie, how, let's do. Let's come up with a new vehicle for post A Team Dirk Benedict. All right. Okay. Great. All right. So here we go. I am uh, hitting the uh, randomizer now, and it's gonna give us a new title. For a Dirk Benedict in, oh here, yeah, wait, it's still thinking. Just give it a second, and uh, oh, oh, well, okay, okay. This might fit real life Dirk Benedict more than his movie persona, because oh. the title of this movie is Sudden Prejudice. Okay. <laughs> Sudden Prejudice. Sudden Prejudice. I here's oh. here's the thing about the action movie title generator, right? Yeah. Certain words work in certain contexts and not others. Something like without prejudice or something like that. That kind of thing could work for an action title. Sudden prejudice. <laughs> yeah, when you think of prejudice, you yeah. think of deep-seated, mm -hmm. like generational, yeah. you know, like it's something that has been festering. And so the uh, idea that the idea that it's now sudden. Right. So I think the so idea behind of, this is okay. that Dirk Benedict yeah. is, uh, at the beginning of the film, trusting. He he believes that all people are should be treated as equals. He's, uh, you know, he's vouching for, you know, uh, social justice. He's vouching for um, civil liberties. Mm -hmm. um, but then something changes. Mm. All of a sudden, he has learned to fear the other. Uh, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's a that's that's. Yeah, he's he's learned to fear the other. He, well, he's the victim of some crime, right? Like it's got to be that sort of death oh, witch yeah. thing where it's like he's an open, yeah. uh, you know, understanding man, and then he's a victim of a crime, mm -hmm. and so suddenly he's dealing with never before thought of prejudice. Yeah, it's exactly. sudden. Wait a minute, this is awoke in a dark part of myself. 
this actually could yeah. be an interesting drama and not an action shelf movie um right yeah but but instead uh this is going to involve him picking up a machine gun uh <laughs> This movie will be produced by, uh, uh, oh God, why am I in, uh, Ben Shapiro? Oh yeah, this is a Daily uh, Wire film. Yeah, this is a Daily uh, Wire. Which, by the way, we did get the trailer for the first uh, Daily Wire Gina Carano movie. Um, Great. We're gonna yeah. have. We're gonna have to watch that. We're gonna have to watch that. But my question is, they've already made a movie. Their first movie is an action movie, and we might have to check that out. Uh, I guess that's. Uh, True, yeah. We, yeah, well, let us know. By the way, let us know, listeners, if that's something you'd like us to check out, because I am curious about it. Uh, I've heard and it is morally reprehensible. Um, we, we will do our best to not give any money to this to this. Oh film. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, this is the this is the first way we will openly pirate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> We want to. If, if there's some way, if there's some way we can watch it and somehow act, actively take money from Ben Shapiro, that would be nice. Yeah. Be <laughs> anyway, I I don't know about the sudden prejudice was a terrible one. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. He it's it's awful. It's probably a racist movie. <laughs> yes, this this movie that we are apparently coming up with now is so maybe okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just change gears. I I I don't like the idea of the movie. Like even conceptually coming up with like a right wing sort of uh, problem. Well, the other film. way to take it is it's sudden prejudice against an individual, right, as opposed to a group. Yeah. So it's the idea okay. of like th- this is a guy who, I mean, maybe it is sort of the idea of the milk toast guy who gets victimized and suddenly sets out on a vengeance, you know, mm-hmm. against a specific person, but more like yeah. against the mob boss. I mean, make it all justified, easy, like the stuff we talk about with vigilante movies where it's all very clear black and white morality right exactly should we bring uh uh some of his co-stars from the a-team into yeah the now we're talking uh maybe he's a guy who he's because he doesn't you know he's such a milquetoast guy he isn't able yeah. to know how to fight so he has to go to his i mean his mentor figure should be george papard is what i'm saying um oh, yeah yes 100 yeah the guy who's gonna yeah. teach him how to use guns how to fight how to use hatred as a as a you know as a hatred can be your fuel. fuel yeah hatred can be yeah. your fuel that's the that that's the tagline of the movie hatred is a fuel yeah 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 and it's, it's uh, Dirk Benedict okay. and George Papard reuniting in sudden prejudice yeah yeah there you go uh, I mean, is that that's probably sounds... enough that's one yeah. of the deeper ones <laughs> I but don't, I don't want to I don't want to dig deeper into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's just move on to what we're talking about next week on the show. Yeah. Uh, next week, we're bringing it. So we watched a movie here with an 80s TV icon. So next week, we're talking about a 90s television icon. That's oh, right. 19, 1990s Superman himself, Dean Cain, makes his first appearance on yeah. the the show here. Uh, also a crazy right-wing dude. Um Unfortunately, cool. uh, <laughs> uh, but we're watching a movie called Vendetta. And uh, if you, I think you mentioned it before, but if people wanted to watch this, this uh, one is it? available for free if uh, with a subscription to Amazon Prime Video. Okay, perfect. Uh, so this is from 2015. Uh, this is not only our first Dean Kane movie, but I believe this is our first WWE Studios production. Oh, Jesus. That's right. This comes to us from the WWE, Vince McMahon. Uh, This stars Dean Cain and WWE's own The Big Show. 
I can't say I'm yeah. familiar with wrestling. I don't really know this guy. But listen, as always, I will ask, would you like to hear the tagline for Vendetta? I get the distinct feeling you'll say it anyways, so let's <laughs> say it. <laughs> get ready for hell in a cell. Because it's a prison movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. This is also that's... the first time we're doing the prison action subgenre. That's not a bad, that's not a bad, at least it says anything, you know, mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. it at least has something to do with the actual film. So that's, yeah. Get yeah, ready for hell good. in a cell is not bad. Uh, yeah. I, I did watch the trailer for this the, uh, last night and it looks fucking crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, it's Dean Kane and the big show and Vendetta next week on the show. I am really excited for uh, the people behind WWE to tackle a subject as complicated and uh, fraught as the uh, prison industrial complex. I'll just I'm, say, I'm really based on the two-minute trailer I watched last night, they are handling it with the sensitivity and nuance you would expect from the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> and this is to set up, I will say, at some point in the future, we are doing an entire WWE Studios month on this show. So, Which, yeah, it's about time. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, they, they, they produce a lot of these kinds of movies, so uh, mm -hmm. it, we, we'd be impossible to avoid them. But I'm excited that Dean Cain's coming in here. Uh, yeah. yes. terrible guy uh okay actor so uh we'll... yeah i mean that's certainly a staple of, of this genre oh god know, yeah so. he he turns out a ton of these uh and i will post to the instagram uh the photo i have with me and dean kane so look forward to that because <laughs> i did i have i have met dean kane um so uh yeah that's something to brag about uh all right <laughs> so that'll be next week on the show but that's going to do it for this week's episode of uh the action shelf uh i'm john campbell i'm michael listman till next week get yourself some action, the action The Action Shelf is part of the Panel Up Podcast Network. Remember to follow us on social media. We're at Action Shelf Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at actionshelfpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also support the entire network by heading over to patreon.com slash panel up to get cool, exclusive bonus content. The Action Shelf.